Hello everyone and welcome to episode 117 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside... Kieran O'Rourke. No intros today, Lee. And Carl Jones. Really, is it no intros? <laughs> I guess it's going to be... I hope not, because I'm still waiting for yours, mate. I know, but I had one planned for me this week. Really? You did? Oh, yeah. Did you have one planned for Kieran? After all. I was the uh, victim of a vehicular incident this week. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Carl, you had all week to work on this intro for Kieran. Look, while some of you... You're at home! Weeks. While some of you were sunning yourselves in Orlando, some of us were still going to work every day. Who? Hey, mate, <laughs> maintaining this tan is like work. <laughs> so, of course, as we said, back this week to talk all about WrestleMania 33, NXT TakeOver in Orlando, and, of course, the superstar shakeup that's coming up within the next couple of days. By the time you hear this, it will be underway on Raw and SmackDown. However, we kind of want to buy our kind of preview of things here, our expectations, just to prognosticate a little bit, have a little bit of fun talking about this, and then see if we're right and can pat ourselves on the back next week. Uh, if not, then we'll edit that out. But uh, So anyway, and with that said, obviously by now, WrestleMania 33 NXT is a, uh, a much talked about topic, but we're going to give our live perspectives, we're going to kind of talk about live versus tape, and how we think things kind of came off going forward for WWE. You'd be the tape, Carl. Yes, indeed, just, just to mention that again. Carl is the tape version, he watched it at home, me and Kieran watched it live in Orlando, a very free format discussion here today. We're going to kick off with WrestleMania first, because as uh, we said off air, the main course of the weekend, of course. Overall, you kind of, uh, obviously, live, I think this kind of came off like a, a very good show. Carl, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what your perspective is. Um, a, a little bit mixed. I want to be uh, cautious not to come off as too negative here, because by and large, I did enjoy the show. Um, for the most part, it's just that it felt like the, the length did hurt it, and I, as you say, we'll talk about how it came across to, to you guys whilst you were there watching it live, but it, it did seem like there was a noticeable sort of sense of burnout with the crowd um, after a while. So um, a, a decent show that I think would have would hold up much better to me if it had been an hour shorter, Yeah, which could have quite easily been done. Absolutely, it could have easily been done. Now, we'll say that for those of you who did watch it on the network, live, while it still did feel long... That length does, is not as pronounced. You kind of you kind of feel it. You know that you you, know, it's, you do feel tired. <coughs> Obviously, you've been sat there since four o'clock in the afternoon or whatever it was, and now it's it's pushing eleven thirty. So you're fully well aware that it's long. But some of the things that kind of you know kind of add to that length of the show, like the Pitbull concert, for example, which on TV always comes off weak. I thought came off a little bit better in the building because it does energise you a little bit. And, and Kieran, you were there dancing with strangers. As we've seen on the Facebook page. What do you mean on the Facebook page? I posted the video on the Facebook page. There's a video of it? There's a video. You filmed it? Yeah. Ah, you won't care. <laughs> <laughs> Man, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Apparently. Uh, yeah, in terms of the length, it's noticeably more watchable live. Yeah. Um, just, you know, the little breaks on TV are really accentuated, whereas a little bit of a break, it actually flows, there's no lag, it, fl- it flowed really quite smoothly and fluidly for me even from the start of the prelims where on TV the prelims always seems like fucking out it's like they don't start till an hour and a half in and then they still drag and you still have this wasted downtime but it went pretty smooth um, yeah. um, so I mean the tiredness yeah absolutely I mean probably an hour into the main show you can sense people are feeling in terms of not so, so much their enjoyment just they go people just go quieter yeah um, and then and the react things they really like but like the general fun kind of reaction if you like just react to anything for the sake of it that kind of uh, that does go after maybe 
three hours, uh, with, <laughs> including the pre-show. Uh, but stuff like you know, obviously, Cena. Uh, sorry, Cena. Orton and, and Bray. Um, obviously, which was always going to. It was always going to struggle. Didn't help that. I thought the weird one. We'll come to it. We'll start with it first. The putting AJ on first. Um, Very curious. It was. I mean, good in my respect. I think it was. I think it was a good decision. Um, I thought. It hurt Jericho and Owens after. I think it hurt a good few matches. After. Oh yeah, absolutely. But um, particularly that one, which was probably a banker, been at, at one of your top four matches as well in ring. Um, but they kind of loaded up early, and it, I thought, yeah, the structure worked fine. The, the real main event for me was Brock and Bill. Um, okay, we'll come on to all these later. Um, and the take of thing because it was his, his last match. That was kind of like extenuating circumstances, and it's something to be there for. Of come on, folks, we know what we're getting. Yeah broken down Undertaker he's, he's like 80 years old now yeah. and none of you like Roman so <laughs> um, so you hurt from and they did they took the, some smoke mirrors or maybe it was just Taker getting away from having to listen to a 10 count over which over we'll come to that at NXT by the way Kim, yes. there's a highlight there we've got to touch on yes but before we do <laughs> again there's, there's, there's a few funny stories from our experience in Orlando that we're going to touch on here and one of the first things I want to mention which, which you at home including yourself Carl, will not have grasped this the Citrus Bowl, Camping World Stadium, one of the finer production attempts I think the WWE has ever done, in a real shithole part of town. <laughs> wow. A real, rinky dink, fucking shantytown shitbox. We're talking people on the side of the road with used bottles, filling them up with tap water and selling them for $2. <laughs> We're talking about a family with lawn furniture. That was you. <laughs> <laughs> a family with lawn furniture in the front yard, watching with a barbecue going on, trying to offer like these fucking pieces of rancid ass chicken to like passers by. People who have their guts hanging below their t-shirts with a cardboard sign saying "parking twelve dollars" with an arrow pointing to their back garden. That's that's the kind of area you're in—a real fucking rogues gallery. As as you walk to uh, the Citrus Bowl. But this. This has been touched upon um, by other podcasts and, and wrestling radio shows that Please. we've listened to in the past. When they, when they went to the Citrus Bowl in... 2008. 2008, thank you. I was just, all I could think was Flair's last match in air quotes. But uh, yeah, 2008, they touched upon it then that it's uh, an absolute dump. And and, and the um, apparently the arena or stadium itself at the time needed a fair bit of renovation works just for it to be ready to, to host Mania that pr- on that previous visit. Yeah. But again, com- compared to you, I didn't see it then, but obviously now, 2017, that building came off like a diamond in the rough, if you will. It was, it's... Why do you think they got the land so cheap to build a nice stadium on? Probably back in the day, admittedly. But yeah, that's the main reason uh, it's built there, to be expected. The stadium itself was fine. I mean, our, our seats, well, they were, it was a bench on the upper deck. Yep. Uh, but the rest of the stadium looked, when we went down after the show it looked a real nice modern stadium so, yeah, absolutely. very good stuff there so you weren't desperate to get away from the show quite quickly no if I'm going to pay to watch a Wrestlemania Carl I'm going to sit through it and watch all of it as any uh, like minded person would do any, any normal human being and really I find that quite funny so as we as we touch on to uh, the actual show itself here Wrestlemania as we start uh, we have of course to kick us off the first match on the show is Austin Aries and, uh, and Neville and I actually thought they did a, a, a good job but again this and, and this has been touched on before but uh, there's only so good this, this pre-show fair is going to be and uh, again, I thought a good effort. Yeah, you're not wrong, but I, I thought they did a very, I thought they had a very good match for for the situation that they found themselves in, and it came across on TV like that they got you all involved. Um, 
I will say just looking at the arena at that point in comparison to the previous year it was much more densely populated by that by that point on, yeah. the, on the clock it, it seemed like there weren't any issues getting the fans in like there was last year but um, as, as enjoyable a match as it was um, and I like the fact they went back to the uh, the orbital bow that was a, not a really nice touch yeah, I don't know if that, how well that came across there Presum- presumably quite well um, the only thing I came away thinking was Aries must have a concussion because he got oh. absolutely oh, spiked twice. Okay, I haven't seen that back on tape yet. And I was I was convinced that for a good spell there, he's not selling. He doesn't know where he is. There was one. It was the one German where he landed really high on like the back of his head, but which I hate those type of landings. But I think that was in the build. I think that was the second. May have been. That, like, I think that may have been the second time he landed on landed on his head. So yeah, you sort of watch. God, they're not taking, they didn't take. Didn't take much care of him there. No, and it, I just thought for a while the way you sort of scampered around and, and um, Neville sort of had this not not deer in the headlights, but he, sort of, he was very slow to to do anything and sort of very deliberate. You know, slowed mm. everything right down. I thought, oh yeah, he might really be hurt here. Mm. So, but but that that as an aside, I thought it was a, a perfectly enjoyable, perfectly fine opener. Yeah, I really like the match. Um, obviously, yeah, I think it was probably fifty percent full at this point. Um, so people getting really only only fifty. Yeah, I say so. It was it was more full uh, at the lower area. Yeah, low, it wasn't yeah, at the top. Yeah, 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 hard side or camera side, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was it looked more full there. But yeah, I say probably rest of the build about fifty percent. Um, I like that Neville's great. He's really good. Um, great to watch. Like they both work. Best match yet. Aries had since he's been back. Cause I think so. He hasn't lit the world on fire at all. No. Um, completely. I never thought he really lit the world on fire in NXT. To be quite honest. I know he did nothing. Nothing no. of note at all. Um, but this is a step up. It, they, they worked hard. It's a good match. Um, Notice. Yeah. The, the first, I can't remember the actual moves. Um, the first time he took the one on the back of the head. I was looking out for. I didn't think they uh, slowed appreciably. It might have been just. Obviously, when you're live, time flies quicker, and you don't have the, the focus of the cameras anyway. So, it's possible they slowed down while they just checked on him, um, but it wasn't anything lasting. Um, yeah, it was a really, a really enjoyable match. First up, a very enjoyable match. We follow this up with a camera <laughs> shot of Rob, <coughs> Rob Gronkowski in the crowd, uh, New England Patriots tight end, and Fuck the Patriots. and the crowd erupts with boos. <laughs> Keep that in mind for what follows next. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal follows. Big Show's out. Braun Strowman's out. Mojo gets the win. Jinder Mahal somehow stays until the end, despite being completely fucking useless. Completely. Jinder Mahal, there is no one on this roster I have less time for than Jinder Mahal. Don't get me wrong. I am appalled that Zubaz Spaz won. (laughs) I don't care for Rob Gronkowski or the New England Patriots. Cheating fuckers. Um... But I just kind of was saying the two things that stick with me are one, Jinder Mahal knows where the bodies are buried. He's, He's got, got dirt it. on someone He's got somewhere. It. He's got pictures. Yeah. Did you see and him blow that spot when he like, tried to run in when Ziggler was working with the. In, it was T and Bing, but. In, in all honesty, at that point, I was just pleased that on this occasion, Titus had managed to go over the top rope at the first attempt. <laughs> um, but the other thing was. and. I think uh, the loyal listeners and uh, you folks will know I am no fan of brown shit stain not in the slightest yes the Strowman but I can all my hands up and just say they they booked him well they'd done a good job of protecting him and it was getting you know it as worked. much as I dislike him 
it was gaining traction I can acknowledge that and I feel like it was uh, somewhat harmed by him not winning the battle royal after all this <laughs> just think about just that so- statement Carl yeah. think about that statement yeah uh, it shows how far we've fallen <laughs> just so that Mojo Rawley Mo- Mo- your win. boy yeah because it's in Florida since when did this company... It's the Gronk connection. Gronk. So, of course, Gronk hops the rail. A real security guard tries to take him down. Which oh, that I was, appreciated. That, that was tremendous. Yeah. But, but she's actually... She's not... Um, she wasn't uh, stadium security. She's on the payroll with the WWE. Well, maybe much like Vincent was. Apparently, she was working the NXT show the night before, and she's she's been seen at other, other WWE shows. Maybe so she's that, in the bubble and doesn't know who he is. Of course, the fans who booed Gronkowski on the video wall erupted with cheers as he took out Jinder Mahal. Can't say I blame them. <laughs> Lesser of two evils. <laughs> Indeed. His pounds was great as well. Oh, that was awesome. He got, he got nailed, stuck in. Nailed Ginger into the ropes and gave him a, a concussion. It's like, good, good work, Gronk. Good work, Gronk, yeah. So, I mean, fickle people. And we're going to get to the fans throughout the course of the <laughs> show, I'm sure. I'm not going to bury everybody, don't get me wrong, but there are certain pockets of the audience that certainly deserve discussion. We'll come to it. Uh, the final match on the pre-show I actually didn't see a whole hell of a lot of which was Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin I was somewhat distracted at the time so I'll uh, leave this for you gentlemen about Baron and Dean um, to me a really nothing match this this is the one where during the pre-show the fans are, and it just feels like you're all just there waiting for the show to start yeah. now you do not care about this match you've been given little reason to care really unless you've got some strange obsession with forklifts and the only time I found any interest in one of those was when Judy Bagger was stuck on top of one <laughs> and I hoped it might cave in what um, when Mankind used one to win the WF title car I prefer to just remember the first time he won it and move on <laughs> um, but yeah a real a real nothing match um, everyone knows my thoughts on Baron Corbin he's done nothing to change it in the recent uh, last few weeks I appreciate him a little bit on Talking Smack I will readily admit I don't watch that show. Yeah. Um, but really surprised... Uh, well, maybe I shouldn't have been, but I, I was surprised Ambrose went over. This is this is one of those that uh, I felt quite confident on in the old predictions game that uh, Corbin was going to get the Duke. Yeah. Um, I think one of them where they haven't given it any thought themselves, so why should we go into the show in terms <laughs> no, of finish? Um, watching this match, for me, it's just... Dean, fine little poppies, you know... He's Ambrose. He is what he is. Good at the Hall of Fame again this year. Oh, was he? Didn't see that. Was he yeah. smashed? Uh, not smashed, but nice little innuend, nice little innuendos and back and forth with Renee as she's interviewed oh, on the red carpet. A bit of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the thing for me watching the Baron Corbin with his his tank top on, and then Ambrose with his tank top on. Yeah, it's just two dudes in three clothes. It's too much of it, boys. Yeah. Harper looks exactly the same as Ambrose. Yeah, I hate that. It's That's a bad fucking call. Start, what, especially with guys like him and Ambrose, they got bodies, so fucking take the shirt off, fat boy. Yeah. It's not like fucking uh, Corbin with the mouth belly where there's an excuse for it. Yeah, or fucking, what's his name? Uh, Owens? Hero. Hero. Oh. Oh. <laughs> did, he, did he eat himself since I last he saw him? He ate all the Cabaret's heroes. <laughs> That's where the name's from, I believe. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Dean Ambrose retains. They have the uh, rematch on SmackDown, which was considerably better. The Street Fight. I don't know if you've, uh, either of you have had a chance to see that yet. Obviously, Kieran, we were uh, flying back. So uh, uh, Tuesday's a little bit scuppered. But anyway. Yes, you were flying back. You were there. Tremendous. 
Actually, my flight got cancelled, but it's by the by. Fuck you. By the way, fuck you, American Airlines. I just want to say that publicly while I got the chance, you assholes. Anyway, so moving on now to the main show, as we, as we get, touch it, Shane, AJ Styles, a match that I had said. I'm not trying to pretend to be any kind of great prognosticator. I said I think this match would surprise people. I think that it did. I thought it was a very good match. Yeah, it was my panic pick for match of the night. That's right, that's right. <laughs> um, based on... I wasn't thinking it was going on first. I was very surprised. I thought, Shane, we got the smoke and mirrors. Then you got there's a lot of guys getting smoke and mirrors on the show, but Shane's definitely getting the smoke and mirrors, and AJ is AJ. So it's, should unless they, Shane really fucks up, um, it should be decent. And it was it was really enjoyable. It was great. Um, okay, lots lots of smoke and mirrors, but you know more smoke, less jabs sort of of Shane. That's good for everyone. That's that, what we all yeah, want. Yeah, yeah really. Everyone's a winner in that regard. So you probably yeah from one of the top two matches of the night I thought so yeah, I thought so yeah certainly top two or three I think that uh, yeah, that there was enough uh, I, I had a, a good uh, friend and correspondent of the show Matt Holt referred to this as Shane McMahon's greatest hits of a match for the, the shooting star the elbow but there's enough like interesting little things of the yeah, the springboard 450 the triangle choke and some submissions yeah. and some wacky little strikes and pinning combinations from Shane that kind of kept it interesting and it's just I don't know if it's just most likely it's just AJ Styles just trying to come up with anything to make this great but hey it worked and I, uh, very much enjoyable and again the right man won thank god absolutely yeah that was uh, that was a, a great relief to me that AJ went over nice nice and clean um yeah, I think this matchup was better than on paper it had any right to be. Even though we expected smoke and mirrors, you always get, get sort of get the sense of this could fall apart if uh, if Shane O'Mac has a bad night. But like like you say, Liam, enough interesting spots there. Again, echoing everyone's thoughts, surprised it went on first. I, I probably wouldn't have picked it and. Uh, Kieran, I think you said Owens and Jericho was your prediction for first match. Yeah, I would have gone and in retrospect, I've still you get the the first match bump, um, and you don't have the burnout of following AJ. Yeah. So, it just even if it's just flipping those two, probably would have done that. But hey ho! But it certainly it warmed the uh, the cockles of my heart for AJ to get cheered and Shane to be booed. Because <laughs> let's let's face it, when you put the two men side by side, who should you really want to win, people? It's an obvious choice, and I. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't raise my my arms in celebration as Shane hit the commentary table and skidded off. <laughs> I thought, good, you, you kind of deserve that just because you're a McMahon. <laughs> harsh take, Carl. Harsh take. But yeah, so moving on now. This is a uh, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho. The countdown returns for Jericho's entrance. The light up scarf, a lovely touch. Yes, that was uh, the, the the countdown worked very well. Yeah, the giant inflatable list of Jericho uh, was also appreciated. Kevin Owens. Last seen by me wolfing down the hot dog at Islands of Adventure uh, the Tuesday after WrestleMania gets the win here. Yeah, um, again, the, the, the right call. Uh, it, I think to Kieran's point, I think it did suffer from going on after um, Stars and, and Shane, but I, I still, I still quite enjoyed. It. I was, I was surprised at the finish, just because you're almost preconditioned with Mania. To have several finisher kickouts, aren't you? Mm. So, for him to roll him back in after the uh, April the April powerbomb, just pin him was uh, a bit of a shock. And did it did it seem that way in, at the arena as well? Because it didn't feel yeah, like so, people bought that as a finisher. So this is one of the things I was actually going to mention. That actually, I think I might have said it at the time we were live, which was some of the finishes on the show felt rather abrupt. And there was another one in the next match too. And I wondered if that would play more of a part on television than did watching it live now I actually on the flip side watching it on tape obviously I was in the, uh, the match back 
I thought this came off a lot better in the middle on tape than it did live. Live, it felt quite slow and it's kind of plodding and Owen's getting the heat is quite, you know, it's, it, is, it is what it is. It's not the most thrilling experience. When you watch it on television, when you get to hear Kevin Owens' interplay and stuff like that and yelling at Jericho, it is much more interesting. So, uh, yeah, it kind of works very well. But as, as you say, the abrupt finish, I think kind of, it was one of those things where people were kind of, almost kind of their, their minds wandered a little bit as Jericho was rolled back in the ring and all of a sudden it's one, two, three. And it's like you almost have to take a, a step back and say, hang on a second, what was the last thing that just happened? But, uh, yeah. But no, it's really enjoyable. And I got the sense that... M- I suppose we'll see where they go now and Jericho tours with Fozzie in May doesn't he so yeah. there's, there's still time for him to be on a Raw only pay-per-view perhaps I don't really know if they're going to play up this um, attack angle from uh, Raw last week or not but you got the sense that following on from Styles and, and Shane maybe they were holding back ever so slightly just for a, just for a night where they'll be featured a bit more prominently perhaps mm. but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see in the coming weeks on that one we will. Next match is the four-way women's match from Raw. Uh, Bailey, Sasha, Nia, and Charlotte. Again, abrupt finish. Good entrances for uh, for, for Sasha and uh, and Bailey. I thought pretty good. Uh, pretty good stuff on the intros. But yeah, it's. I'm not going to be disingenuous and pretend I really care all that much about women's wrestling. All of a sudden, you know, people know who I am. Come on. Um, but it's one of those where you just sort of sit there and think, as little as I generally care about Winston, I was still slightly annoyed watching this, in the sense of why not just have Bailey win the belt here? Yeah. If she's gonna go over anyway, and you, you know, I don't know how many people buy the the Charlotte Flair pay per view win streak. Maybe people didn't buy it at all. Maybe it was just in my own mind. But if you're gonna try and emphasise that, don't piss it away the month before if you want to try and make it something. You do it on the big show, where the underdog babyface can afford to lose on the journey because of the type of character she is. This isn't this isn't like a, a women's equivalent of Steve Austin, who's the badass who looks stupid because she's losing every week, but still trying to be tough. Yeah, yeah. So in that in that sense, it can work. They can have the stumbles before climbing the top of the mountain, especially if they're wronged in doing so. They have yeah. to fail because they suck. They can fail because they're wronged. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it just. Strange, strange decision to go that way. Uh, presumably, it will be the old hometown curse when they go to San Diego in a few weeks, and she'll uh, she'll do the job there probably. Um, this one, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on. Uh, so possibly, well, not more than anything else, but it was sort of high on my list only because the turnbuckle spot. Oh, uh, live that no, live. I can imagine it dies a death because yeah. you just can't. You can't decide for anything. You're looking Where, at it, and the, the com- turnbuckle's on there. Yeah, whereas the commentators are at least trying to to save it for the for the home viewing audience. You can you can at least sort of give them the pass on that one. But I can imagine live, it just died a death. Yeah, and it didn't help either. They blew the spot near the finish where Charlotte was supposed to tackle Bailey in the corner. Bailey sits up. She's supposed to hit the exposed buckle, and she doesn't even get past Bailey, and she collapses on the ground. That didn't help it either. So that was a real fucking mess of an idea. Um, in terms of execution of the match, Charlotte's dive was pretty fantastic. Uh, live, Sasha looked beautiful. I, I did notice that you were leaning in intently on Sasha's entrance. Turn- <laughs> 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 yeah. Turning her heel won't work. She'll flash that smile, and hearts will melt again. Yeah, indeed. But uh, yeah, so again, this uh, all women heels. <laughs> I suppose they, they, all, they all secretly hate it's each other. Don't you know that, bro? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but 
as G's not here, I'll need to ask your thoughts if you if you can let me know how G reacted to this because G because because, because <laughs> no, I only ask because G being G and off the back solely of the flare dive, I can assume he was all ready to crown him match of the night. Well, we actually didn't sit with G. We were about as close to G as we are right now. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately, no. G G was uh, actually did think we were sat next to each other, although I did tell him differently months ago. But uh, apparently, he didn't get the memo. So anyway, uh, yeah, he wasn't sat next to us. Um, so I actually don't know what his opinion of it was. But I will say. I, I know that the opinion of uh, women's wrestling is not super, super high around the oaken table, generally speaking, fellas. But again, there are certain expectations you have sometimes, and I was a little bit disappointed in this, to be quite honest. I thought, again, abrupt in, in terms of some of the eliminations. Nye was out fast, fair enough, but Sasha is then out fast as well. These whole time, the timings of the show... Was very was peculiar. Very peculiar in terms of the timings. <laughs> uh, up next was the uh, Hall of Fame segment. We got to see the great Kurt Angle come back. Um, and got to see Ricky Morton look at both sides hey. of the crowd at the same time sorry Robert Gibson for the second time that day well yeah for the second time that day we got to see Robert Gibson just, who was just milling around near the concession stands surprisingly not selling pictures of himself hoping someone recognised him I would expect so he did just kept on walking <laughs> I don't blame you yeah plus live I'm, I'm just saying you wouldn't use him as a babysitter <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. On, isn't Ricky Moore the one that owes all the child support? Doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. Uh, then, of course, we get the uh, the tag team match, and everybody in the building, it felt like, was kind of buzzing for the same one thing. Oh. And this live, as you've probably heard already, was the, I think for me, the highlight of the whole show. The crowd pissing their pants. I squealed. I squealed. <laughs> I, I've got the video of it. I'm, we're all just screaming like crazy. So basically, we all you all kind of know it's happening, but the tease of the New Day in the gear, I thought, was actually a very clever little touch. They had all this stuff. That was brilliant, because as much as everybody wanted it, there's enough doubt there where it's not like everybody's going full bore because they're, they're almost expecting that disappointment. I thought that was a very clever little touch, especially live, where uh, you, you, you're like, oh, we think we know what's coming, but... Mm, I don't think we really do yet and then the music plays and everybody goes crazy perfectly done and uh, yeah fun little match out comes Jeff and his brother out comes Jeff and his brother <laughs> and, uh, and there you go so no, no a few kind of uh, attempts at the uh, delete thing off camera by Matt which yeah, obviously the... yeah, have you watched it back though the yes. commentary of Michael Cole's like oh yeah <laughs> the, the, the things about to get broken or whatever it is he says <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway so uh, the match was what it was it was a, a, a good match filled with the, the, the stuff that you expect it wasn't any kind of spectacular all time ladder match by any means but did what it needed to do Hardy's in the belts thank god Maybe, hopefully they can make this division mean something yeah I do have uh, flashbacks to when the duds came back oh totally um, especially when I was trying to watch Matt like work a regular match with his little Jimmy legs, and he's like, "Ooh, well, revival, you can revival for doing you over, and then yep. you're probably going to be done, or they split up, boys." <laughs> They'll be split. They'll be split. I, I, I think with the amount of money they've paid to get them, it's not the Dudleys when no one else wanted them. Mm. Uh, I think this was a bit of a they had to pay pretty big to get both of them. So, <laughs> and plus, I think that's Jeff is just going to win everybody over again. Jeff's fucking Jeff came down. Bounding out the, out of the round, like he hadn't been away. Like he hadn't been away. Looked exactly the same, and did his sweet dance did his great dance, and everybody just was like, "This guy, that's why this guy was the top babyface in yeah. 2009. This guy's just got charisma out the ass." Carl, tell me about how happy you were to see Brother Nero and Broken Matt. It came across very well on television in what was uh, you know. A oh, I'm asking decent, how it came across in the Jones a decent, household. A decent, but by ladder match standards, quite short. 
that yeah. much. Um, was it 11 minutes or something like that? 11, 11 minutes, but you know, there's, there's more enough uh, spots and hijinks in there for it to, to be entertaining. Um, obviously, the, the, the Hardy Boys uh, entrance was the biggest pop of the night on TV, without question. And there is the, you know, the uh, little Brucey bonus that <laughs> Enzo Amore does not get a tag belt, that was good, yeah. and that that makes me happy because I hate him. I hate him with a passion. You, you, he's like a little turd that you just won't, just can't flush. He's probably a pretty rich turd, going on the amount of merchandise people had. Oh yeah, so let's touch on this. So I think that the, well, no, 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 let me, the, let me, the, let me, the, the two or three people who's, who who's, we saw the most merch of, I'd say, would you say? Enzo and Cass, Kevin Owens, pretty comfortably. Seth Rollins, surprisingly, I saw a lot of. Uh, Considering how lame I think he is as a babyface. But. Yeah, but when you speak to regular people, like... And by regular, you mean... Not, not even people listen to this show. They're, no, they're, they're, they're intelligent. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. I'm talking about the, 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 the masses. Oh, yeah, no, no, but the, the masses, but like, the, he's... Uh, people... They don't treat him like a big star as in paying money to see him, so they don't realise he's not a big star, but they think he is. Hmm... Because he's in a prominent spot on WWE TV. Yeah, and women like him too. He's a good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's that, that's something for you. A lot, lot of a lot of Rollins merch. So you get some Rollins merch. More Enzo and Cass. So that's a ton of Enzo and Cass. Well, that just goes to show that some people are idiots. Frankly, <laughs> people like leopard skin. What can I say? Yeah, that's it. Go on safari. Enough people do that. <laughs> Jesus, take Enzo with you. Maybe a line on Morley. Carl, you gotta calm down. I, Enzo I, oh, I hate you. You holiday. I hate you. <laughs> He's such a little shit. You just want to smack him upside the face. Um, Tell us how you really feel. But Carl. getting getting back to the the Hardys and everyone's jubilation and joy and I couldn't give a shit. What's wrong with you? I just I, I I've never. What is I'll, wrong? I'll with be you? honest. I'm, I'm not the, the fair and balanced person to judge this one because I just. I don't like the Hardys. I never have. I never liked the Hardys. Never liked this idea of Team Extreme. I've said before, Lita was a moonsault and no- a moonsault, a tattoo, and nothing else. Um, and people will soon tire of Matt. Uh, the broken stuff was just a complete embarrassment in the first instance. I didn't like it at the time it was in TNA. So I'm not going to like it if it pans out and ends up on WWE television either. First of all, even if it did, it wouldn't be the same thing. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if people are actually aware of that. It's like, if you get Broken Matt, it's going to be nothing like the, what, the ridiculousness that it was before. Because you think Vincent Mann is going to let shit like that on the air? Fucking Vanguard 1? <laughs> All this nonsense? Now, granted, considering what we saw in the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt match later on, who knows what we'll see. Yeah, but, uh, quality control is not what it once was. No, no, it's not. Don't get me wrong. But I just, I, I don't see the smoking Joe Frazier kangaroo kickboxing Jeff Hardy on a WWE show anytime soon. That's all I'm saying. Oh, if it knocked him out, I'd enjoy that, though. Of course you would, Carl. You sadist. <laughs> this was awesome. I don't care what you say. I, 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 I will happily admit. I, I don't am, care how many t-shirts am, of Jeff Hardy you've burned. I, that would assume I purchased one in the first I'll instance. bet you have. Um, I, I will happily admit, well, not happily, maybe, readily admit that I'm in the minority on this one, but you know, it's just the way I feel. Different strokes for different folks, as they say. So we move to the fifth match on the show, Miz and Maurice versus Cena and Nikki Bella. Thank you, Drive Through. Uh, will you marry me? It's been much over with. What a phoned-in fucking ten minutes this was from John oh, Cena, by yeah. the way. I mean, the, this was... Um... Lie on my ass and just take some punches while Miz works the crowd. This, the whole programme, which, which was the strongest going into the show, in, in terms of you know, your week to week stuff, it was, you know, to me, well, at least that, that's the way I felt. Maurice is fantastic, as Nikki Bella. 
but yeah, I, I thought it was um, sort of the, the best booked on TV. The promos w were very good. Um, that being said, I didn't have high expectations for the match, but it didn't even meet those. No. It didn't even meet those. It didn't even meet the lofty standards of WrestleMania 27, that fucking dire main yeah, event. Yeah, this, this, like you say, you know, thank you, drive through sort of situation. All for the real high spot. Uh, I use that term loosely, which is the uh, proposal. Were you crying and like the lady in the blue dress at WrestleMania 7, Carl, is what I'd like to know. I'd rather have money than a skirt. <laughs> um, now, it's funny because I, I thought that... Uh, cause I've, I've listened to the a few re reviews back af after, the, after the show uh, over the sort of preceding days. And um, I felt like Big Dave and, uh, and Alvarez... Uh, put a bit more of a positive spin on this than I than I think is really accurate. Yes, there there were plenty of of girls screaming. You could clearly hear that on TV at home. But I thought there were plenty of boos as well. It wasn't a complete burial like some may have hoped, perhaps. But you know, <laughs> but it, but it was a it was a combination of a very vocal but small section of women screaming, other fans booing, and others just not caring. There's a general applause in the yeah, air. Yeah, I don't think I think live. when it first started, people just started chatting no already, which is hilarious. And the whole expect unexpected um, in the negative scene, so people aren't going to jump through. Oh, it. actually, that's a great point. I, I can't believe I almost forgot to touch on that. In a real sign of the times, King, because me and you were talking about this before the show aired, or before anything happened, before the pre-show even kicked off. Everybody's in the building, and the first thing everybody chants, completely yes. unprovoked, completely untouched. Let's go, Cena. Cena sucks. Yeah, uh, that was so. I thought that was so telling in terms of who the people really see as the star. Like, and, and you wonder why people. You yeah, wonder why. You wonder why. Um, the match. Yeah, I mean, going in, I wasn't disappointed by it, and I was quite. Wouldn't give them. It was a mixed tag. Get him in, get him out. You, you're not gonna get anything. I didn't, wasn't expecting any more. Turned it over. Um, which is <laughs> which is why it's the Cena. Um, but. We knew that all along. It, we knew that all along, so I wasn't. It's like I was robbed of the genuine Cena experience. Cena experience, and, yeah. I, and I don't, and I don't, I don't, I don't dislike Cena. I, I echo the, the thoughts that we've made around this table before about this idea that it's, it's a lot of people that chant it don't actually dislike Cena. Mm. It's part of the the pantomime of the show. If you yeah, like. a lot of people chant a lot of things, which we'll come on to. Yeah, they sure um, do. It, but it was overdone. I thought that when they actually did the proper thing, yeah, when he started doing the announcement. Uh, people boo in, take the piss. Then he starts telling his story, and I thought people were, were more receptive to actually listening, or at least going quiet the next bit. And he got it was a fine round of applause. After. Yeah, it, I think it was one of the things. Okay, which like, but fair, you know, it's nice to see. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. So it, I, I wouldn't overall in the stadium. I thought it was uh, it was probably better than better reception than you probably would expect to go in. To be honest, well, it was absolutely better than I expected yeah. going in. Um, Having said that, seeing John Cena run down the aisle was a bit of a fucking task. He looked like he was having no fun trying to run. That <laughs> he couldn't long. stop, man. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. He, he, Let's go, <laughs> Nicky. <laughs> yeah, obviously you only picked that up on uh, at the show, but the the the, you know, the typical scene is stand on the stand at the t top of the aisle and say something to the camera before he runs down. Yeah. On this occasion, it was this is going to be a long run. He said, "This is going to be a long run before I take off." So it takes a puff on some oxygen. Though. Yeah, deep breath, deep breath. Uh, we move now to uh, Triple H Seth Rollins so the entrance is here quite spectacular Triple H of course gives himself the best entrance on the show with all the police cars wonderful he goes to the ring Seth Rollins comes out with the uh, the torch 
which uh, you know lights up the uh, rampway, the ring, everything was like it, that. Was it an e-cigarette? It might have been actually. <laughs> it must be, think about it. Yeah, scientifically. Yeah, it might have been. I didn't uh, like I said I haven't watched the, the tape of this match, but actually that's a lie. I have watched the tape of this match back. But specifically because I wanted to because this was the match after the entrances I chose to take a leak because this was the match that I had the least emotional investment in and listened to the crowd it felt very much like that was the common opinion so I was just like this is when it majorly crowd burnout yeah real yeah, real dip here this is where they hit the wall this one the torn because obviously the promise Triple H does the not so sexy promos Seth does <laughs> it was, it's and not... the general star power of the two yeah so and so the, t- the story was there to be told wasn't told uh, as it should have been um, but this is the real stuff of the burnout for me from this one um, and I too missed but I went at the wrong time and I missed Steph going through a table and yeah. the finish oh I actually saw the finish you missed the end I missed the I start I saw the finish from the balcony because I had the pop and I thought it was Joe going through a table I was like no you missed Joe but yeah. no Joe didn't even show up don't worry good for him um so yeah, I missed that and the film, which would, it would sound like an amazing pop before you went through. Oh the yeah, it's tremendous. So I probably yeah, it's a shame I didn't see that time. But hey, hey, the crowd seemed to wake up for the final two or three minutes or so of this, but before that, it was a laborious effort. Yeah, um, I think oh, okay. I I think I'm actually, which is remarkable considering my general thoughts on trips uh, and some of his antics during uh, the usual WrestleMania periods. Um, I think, I'm, I think I'm, I'm higher on this match than other people are. I've, I've, it wasn't a blow away by any means, but I didn't think it was a bad story they told. I think they just generally suffered from the position they were on the crowd on, on the card, and, and a, a scenario where the crowd have hit the wall a bit, especially on a bit of a come down from the Hardys' return, which uh, I'm sure probably sticks in the craw of Triple H. <laughs> um, but uh, but I, I generally enjoyed the match. It wasn't a classic, but wasn't bad either, and. Uh, I felt that they started to win them back with that sort of the back and forth tease of the pedigree, which was a, a, a curious little uh, spot they did there. Mm. I at least this was one of those matches where I at least got a sense of a nice payoff. Not because I'm so big on Seth Rollins' baby face, we've talked about that in the past, but to see Stephanie go through a table yeah. for finally, a even if it, even if it's by dumb luck and it's just Triple H bumping into her, finally. There's, you know, the fans get something back from the months and years of Steph burials. Yeah, uh, to the point where I think I just mouthed that. Loud. That was that for you, was, Mick. That was that was almost <laughs> worth the wait. <laughs> almost. But yeah, they, they certainly certainly won them back with that, and uh, they won them back a little bit before. It felt like the Phoenix splash yeah. and stuff like that. that yeah, that, that Rollins busted out, and um, it, it sort of it, it at least had that sense of an, a nice crescendo. Yeah. Um, but. but I don't want to sound like I'm taking this too seriously in the sense of wins and losses because God knows the company doesn't even if I think they should yes they should but it felt like a, a big win to me for, for Rollins or at least a much needed win something to get a, a bit of stock back yeah how, how they uh, treat him going forward we'll see because if it you know, if it's still coming across as the same whiny Seth Rollins as Babyface who doesn't carry himself particularly well That's Seth freaking Rollins Seth freaking oh, yeah, see more, see more stuff like that, Yes, and it will have all been for naught. Indeed. Um, again, watching this back, uh, it wasn't like I thought they had bad ideas. They had some creative little stuff that they were doing, but again, it just felt like the... I don't know if it was the pace, or if it was just the crowd, or if it was just the fact that it's just an issue that I don't think was all that hard. Lower Dimension Returns and Mania as well. Like, obviously, it's so far in, but we start off with cruisers doing crazy flips, and you've had your smoke and mirrors with Shane... And we haven't had a ladder match with Jeff Jupiter off the top of a ladder, or at least fallen off top. 
Um, we've had a lot of smoke and mirrors. We've had a lot of multi-man matches. A lot of quick pinfalls. Trying to tell us, get the fans in, that late engaged to tell a story. And I didn't think they did great, didn't do a great job of it as, um, as as good as you expect, really. So it's just just a little bit harder to get people yeah. engaged and stuff. And um, at that point, and maybe they're fair to them, maybe they know this from actually running them live for thirty three years. That's why they bump up, add more matches, shorten them down. Yes, it hurts t- on TV, but for live crowd, it's probably what live crowd wants shorter matches. Yeah, uh, unless it's something. And that was proven later oh, yeah. on, by the way. The, the, the crowd, the, it seemed like the crowd wanted short, impactful matches, yeah. as we'll uh, we'll soon get to. For what uh, to me was the real highlight of the night. Coming up next was the first of the uh, championship world championship matches. It was Bray Wyatt, Randy oh. Orton. Bray Wyatt comes in, and again, as you said, Carl. Wonderful sight to see. Oh, it's the an amazing sight. 55 to 60,000 uh, fireflies. Yeah, it looks stellar. If only they'd have taken it home then. <laughs> you know, that really should have been it. Yeah. This match just... This, I... no, this, this was an embarrassment. This was <laughs> an absolute embarrassment. It's, it, it's the archetypal situation where you sit there and think, at least I'm not watching this with a non-wrestling fan. Because they would just look at you like you were some form of subhuman. To, to think, you know, they would sit there and look at you as if you'd grown an extra head, and look at you as if to say, "This is wrestling. This is what you enjoy." No, it's not what I enjoy. It was shameful, I, utterly shameful. I could not believe live the fact that after the maggots hit the canvas, as it were, and then the lights come back up. People applauded like they'd seen something really cool. Well, that, that's the thing. But, and maybe I'm. Uh, ma- I, maybe, maybe this is wishful thinking on, on my part, but I got a sense. You mentioned about Laura diminishing returns before, Kieran. Applause for the first one, nothing for the second one. <laughs> By the time you're on the third one, the crowd are booing. Or at least there's audible boos if it, from, from at least somewhere in the stadium. It's, it's kind of like the reverse of my three occasions to get over. Thing I mentioned to you once, Liam, about if you repeat things three times, by the third time it'll be over. Yeah, this is like the re- yeah, this is the reverse <laughs> of it. First time you don't know what it was. Second time you realise what it was, and you hope not to see it again. The third time, yeah, it fucking sucks. <laughs> I just what what and what was the what? point? <laughs> what? <laughs> what was the point? First of all, how is this happening? There's a giant maggot trying to get me. Right? Yeah, this is you know Frank Gotch is is uh, is rolling in his grave right now, looking at what's become of the uh, the world championship. But yeah, so you you got this situation where. The whole point of this is for nothing because Ryan just gets up and arcades him like a dickhead and pins him anyway. Well, it's like, well, if that's all it is, well, fuck you. I'll have this bitch. Yeah, one out, one RKO. That's your last, and hopefully this is the this marks the beginning of the end, which it won't of this feud because the house <laughs> of, the house of horrors match is coming up on whatever the next pay per view is, whatever that is, and fucking house show of horrors when no one buys to watch it again. <laughs> and unfortunately. This whole can we bring back Abdullah in the electric chair? <laughs> Hopefully so. This whole eight-month thing where Randy Orton has been getting one big giant sorry about that elbow from Brock Lesnar. Here's your push. Culminates here, but I don't think it will. Randy's going to be the top guy on SmackDown for a little while at least. And uh, man, I can't wait to watch more of this. Boy, did that! In- I'm enticed. I am enticed. And then speaking of, speaking of reverse things, can we have the reverse streak? When it comes to Bray Wyatt and Mania. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a threat. Oh, shit. What's he on now? This isn't going to be here who wins, is it? Fuck, just my luck to be on the guy Bray. Yeah. Is, is, it, is it minus... 0-4, is it? 0-4, 0-3. Uh, let me work this out. Uh, Mania 30, he lost. Against... Cena. Cena. 31. Taker. Taker. Th- last year... Last year, he didn't wrestle. Because uh, they had the thing with The Rock. 
But he came out looking like a shower of shite anyway. That's right. And then this year. And then so, this year, uh, 0 3. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. It's what he deserves because he's criminally overrated. He's just shit. Promos make no sense. I hate him. Oh, for a man who hasn't left Shropshire, you sure do have a lot of sand in your vagina. <laughs> So, of course, uh, I apologise, folks. I don't have the exact card run down to hand to get the exact pinpoint of this, but the Pitbull concert is somewhere around this. You watch it at home. If if, if you watch it the day afterwards, you fast-forwarded at home. Oh, you did, Carl. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so moving on now to the second of the World Championship matches, this this being the Universal Championship match. First of all, me and Garcia had a great time dancing to Pitbull. So K- Kieran, Kieran's allowed to dance with a total stranger to Pitbull, and then Brock Lesnar and Goldberg come out. And ah. this, first of all, there's a couple of funny little notes here from from the live perspective. So while Goldberg was doing his entrance, walking through the, the back, the production somehow <laughs> fucked up, <laughs> and on the video wall for a period of thirty seconds was where we're supposed to be looking at Bill Goldberg walked walk towards the ring was. Hall of Fame ravishing Rick Rude. Rick Rude. Rick Rude. And so there's this like fucking shit eating smile. We're supposed to get ready for Lesnar and Goldberg. It's like, what is this? I hope someone got slapped for that. Anyway, so. That production guy and that security woman both looking for jobs next day. I would think so. I would think so. Now, this is where I think things take a bit of an interesting turn on this show because. At this point, we've had a bit of bit of lag after the uh, the excitement of the Hardys and the uh, you know Miz and Cena doing their thing. Bit of a lull here for a couple of matches. Not like they've been you know there's been no interest in them. Certainly peaks and valleys. The Steph bump we talked about. But at this point, it was it was really strange because and this was the same the night afterwards on uh, on Raw after WrestleMania where the crowd seemed very frosty to Goldberg and almost like they weren't wanting to buy this. And I and I'd heard this all week from from you know people in the area and stuff like that. Here, yeah, you, know, you hear the conversation going on about people. Oh, you know Goldberg, and then yeah. And the second this match started, all of their worthless opinions <laughs> melted in the hot Florida sun because everybody marked out immediately for this match. The the, the second they fucking came together the first time everybody dropped their preconceived notions and their fucking internet cred so they could mark out for Goldberg and Brock and you oh. know what rightly so oh, if, if there wasn't semen in their pants they'd shit themselves either way this was tremendous everybody just lost their shit everybody <laughs> lost control it was wonderful I thought this was the real bright spot of the show Everybody had come to see this. As much as they might like to sit there and pull a face, Goldberg and Lesnar, pair of part-timers. But Bull- he's only wrestled for two yeah, minutes. Yeah, he's a champion. Yeah, yeah, bullshit. You loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Everybody loved it. It was great. Five minutes of violence. <laughs> <laughs> that first spear was so awesome. It was so fucking brilliant, and that was really when the crowd exploded because everybody we, we talked, we had our theories like there's going to be a finisher early. It's going to happen again. It's going to be a hot start. It's going to be short. It's going to be great. And when Brock does the three suplexes, does the pose and looks at the crowd, and then and it, actually it looks even better on tape than it did live. Live it looked pretty damn good because Goldberg just went for him and he wasn't yeah, looking. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, fuck this. I'm not waiting around for the pretty wrestling spot. I'm going to fucking get you. And on tape, it looks so good. It looks so awesome. And Goldberg just fucking takes him down. And everyone loses their shit. Like, oh, my God. It's the exact same thing that happened again. Even though they all complained about the short matches. And, oh, it's the same thing. When the same thing looked like it was going to happen again, everybody went crazy. It was beautiful. Four minutes and 45 seconds of, of suplexes, F5 spears, and jackhammers. I didn't want anything more. And it was brilliant. 
I fucking love this match. Um, I love, I love Brock Lesnar being in short matches. I think yeah. this is, I think it works. And he can do long matches. So what happens? Everyone stands on their feet. And All the everyone, time. Because the finish can come at any time. We're not going to fucking dick around with chance and, and bullshit. 10, 10, 10. And entertain ourselves this time. This is, we need to watch this because something's going to happen at any point. Yeah. Fucking, it was, shit just got real. Shit got real, son. Yeah, this was great. Um, just yeah, just that first spear, and yeah, he, he wasn't looking. He's like he was just almost side on. It was like, him. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was like you fucking idiots. After after the whole thing at Survivor Series, you turned your back on him for a second, and he speared. You did the exact same thing. It was just sensational. A little it bit of a beautiful story. The, the simplest stories they work the best, and I love this one. So yeah, Brock wins. Goldberg's on his merry way, and I give a tip of the cap to you, Bill Goldberg. Job well done. Job well done, Bill. Job well done. I'm to do for not ballsing it completely because uh, they didn't do the perfect job, but they did a good enough one, good yeah. enough job. So there you go. That is out of the way. We then move to the SmackDown Women's Title match. Buffer match. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly acceptable. People didn't hate this at all. People got into Naomi's entrance. The uh, Garcia next to you was uh, twerking wildly. Garcia was twerking at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, <laughs> fairly. Thank you. Drive through. New champion. Go it's, Naomi. Yeah. Um, not really much worth saying apart from Naomi a lot of charisma a lot of charisma given I'm trying to not sound racist given I know the, exactly what you're going to say given, given the democratic makeup of North America Naomi should have been protected and presented as a bigger star because she would get over with a demographic that is probably not watching wrestling as much as as white girls yeah <laughs> let's, let's put it that way right. yeah um and the only other thing worth saying about this match and it wasn't at this show it was at a, I think it was in a Five Guys uh, the man one guy wearing an Alexa Bliss t-shirt and his girlfriend was dressed up as Alexa Bliss so to you sir I tip my cap if I was wearing one <laughs> so with that then not because I like Alexa Bliss understand it's just the control of the relationship just, yeah which you know is really yeah! what you're all about here in the women's revolution era yeah so anyway with that so we move on to the alleged main event it's Roman Reigns and The Undertaker and I well first of all this stunk I thought I did it not did, like uh, this match at it, all. It, it it did stink, but um, I, I, I gotta say, I gotta because I think this will frame the entire discussion, and it probably ties into what you're going to say. The reason that I was looking forward to this was this perception of there's going to be this electric atmosphere, and by this point in the show, and maybe it was just the characters, maybe it was the sense of inevitability in the match. I don't know what it was, but that atmosphere was not there the way I thought it would be. Um, a combination of a couple of things, like the it was the case of burnout in the crowd and that sense of inevitability it was almost like uh, everyone that was there it was sort of their the, the last ounce of energy they used was to get the booze in for Roman Reigns to voice their displeasure at his existence as he entered and then once they sort of and even then once, it wasn't visceral no, it wasn't visceral it wasn't uh, yeah, it, maybe not as visceral as it has been in the past but it still comes across terribly for them on, on, on TV oh for your top baby face yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure um, I think the the only way that it could have sparked any interest is if they'd done the turn but in all honesty no one really expected the turn to happen and, and we know that Vince is wedded to the Eventually, I will get him over as a babyface. You people will love him. Um, but yeah, it's the crowd had burnt out. It was an inev- inevitable finish. 
it wasn't a great story to get there. Taker is broken down. Let's face it. So there's, you know, he was there's, struggling. There's only yeah. yeah. There's only so much he's physically capable of doing. And it, even then, and mentally, just, I thought this was a bit of a slapdash affair. Yeah. There, there were some moments there where Taker completely felt like he lost his where he was and what he was supposed to be doing. Yeah. But he got like Roman going for the Superman punch, and he's supposed to get grabbed in midair with by the Taker mm-hmm. in the with the throat for the choke slam, and Taker just stand there like a dickhead. Roman has to kind of stop short and then do it all over again. Yeah, and there was a couple of moments like that. Taker barely could hold him up for the power bomb. He had to like lean on the ropes to do it. He couldn't lift him up. It was yeah, it was a, a, str- it was a real struggle. It was a, yeah, it was a, it was a. It was not very often I'm sympathetic towards Undertaker. It was a, it was a, it was a sorry sight. Um, and it's just God, I almost started crying when you said that. Carl. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. The uh, the strength of my conviction in uh, it didn't in really sound one. like sympathy so much as condescending opinion, Carl. That's probably more close to the truth, to be honest. Look, it was just... It was what it was. It was it was what I expected. I didn't expect anything great from it. So, you know, it was, it was, just, it was just there. And it was... I, I can't help but keep coming back to the inevitability of it all. Mm. Uh, nothing else to add. He looked, he, looked, he looked broken down. I mean, he's been broken down for years, but he looked terrible. Um, just no mobility... Uh, straight away, you know, they're going shortcuts. <laughs> yeah. Smoke mirrors again. Oh, by the way, this is no holds barred. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A bit like uh, old Rock and Austin back in the day, just announced out of the blue. But yeah. um, it's almost like they they must have known as well, but going going in what, what Taker's capable of and what they're going to have to try and get away with. And the problem was that because of that sense of inevitability, no one bought the false finishes or what's supposed to be the false finishes. No one was buying the last ride. No one's buying Tombstone because because even if they thought a taker could win everybody kicks out the first term so anyway, yeah. it goes it goes back to that you know that preconditioned notion of the the kick out of the finisher finisher prostitution uh yeah so the show ends taker takes his puts his clothes on very quickly while they do the replays which is quite funny to watch live and then takes them all back yeah exactly that's exactly what it was then takes them all back off again slowly um, with a tear in his eye maybe he's watching a Bret Hart match I'm not sure but uh, <laughs> just wondering what the fuck did I put all this back on bollocks <laughs> <laughs> don't realise how difficult it is with a hip yeah yeah. leather, leather over the sweaty skin as well yeah. so you get your thank you take a chance from the fans and then he just disappears into the uh, into the night down the hole down the hole R.I.P. I suppose down the hole 20 came was he heading to room 101 Ooh. say hello to the Harris boys while you're down there <laughs> Yeah, biker buddies. Anyway, so with that said, like we said, I th- generally live at the time, I thought this came off like a like a very good WrestleMania. Like I'm not sure exactly where I'd rank it in a ranking kind of a thing, but uh, I was talking to the great Kyle Ross, and of course he had said to me that he was thinking maybe fringe top ten. Um, it's just too early. It's still too. It's too early for me to, to rank it. I'd, I'd I'd have to watch some of the, the key matches again. I think. Christ, not the whole show. You understand? Couldn't get through the whole show again. Um, I, I almost feel like I'm doing it a disservice by calling it a, just a decent show because it sounds as if there weren't plenty of good matches on there I really did struggle with the length at times I mean you know I talk about you guys being burnt out there I, I was burnt out watching it at home mm. that no. might have had something to do with the alcohol and, and, and takeaway but you know it is all contributing factors um, lie, on, on TV probably haven't got as much I'd assume Maybe get his teeth stuck into like real, like three real juicy matches mm. kind of thing. Um, but then, if you're going that long, is is that the best idea anyway? I mean, obviously, we'd, we'd love to see an AJ and Cena match, for instance. But 
Um, as a live experience, uh, it was a really fun show. There's enough enough of everything there to should have made you happy, and no real reason to leave uh, leave this show early. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, of course, this takes us to NXT the night before, of course. Uh, we've got se- several other stories from our uh, Orlando travels that we'll get to throughout the course of this show. However, NXT, a-, a bastard to get to. iDrive was clogged up. We got there a little bit later than we wanted to, but we did get to see the entire actual TakeOver show. Getting out of there was a real bastard. Um, <laughs> but we'll get to that story in a second. So, what ended up ha- on the show, I thought a fairly standard good TakeOver show. Good opener, the eight-man tag I enjoyed. Um, Alistair Black... <laughs> and uh, Cien Almas I'm curious to see what you guys thought of, of that one because it came it came across like people really liked uh, old Alistair Black and I actually thought that Cien Almas looked pretty damn good I, in this I th- um, just, just, a, yeah, a, a, just in terms of general thoughts a good show just the right length um, opener was fine as, as you say the, the Alistair Black and, and Almas match it's too early for me to judge Alistair Black. I'm trying to think. Obviously, the crowd were buying it with the entrance. I just want to know. Entrance was cool. Cool entrance, yeah. Uh, but I thought Armas came out of the match looking uh, more of the star than uh, than Alistair Black did. Yeah, which and, is quite uh, the irony. It's not many times you can say that about Dillinger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's not many times you can say that about CN Almas. No, quite, uh, the, uh, quite the rocky road up to this point, but. Indeed, I feel like he's finding himself a little bit more now as a heel. Yes. He's getting, getting a bit of his cocky swagger back, which there's, I quite enjoy. There's some traction there, isn't there? There's a little bit. However, this, the finish of this match was kind of oh, detoured yeah. by a segment of fans up in the upper deck who, I don't know what, uh, what who they were or what... got a story on this. Okay. It was section 220. So every time there was a two count, they chant, 20! Was that it? There's a two, 20! Yeah. So that picked up steam and, and people were not liking this by no, the way so that and then ended up being shut the fuck up chance yeah that's what that was oh, that's what it was because we heard shut the fuck up and, and sort of and you know that not like visceral booze but that's that general sort of boo God, you know, for god's sake yeah <laughs> so basically that, that's the thing I, thought, I couldn't I couldn't gauge what it was coming from because I thought there's nothing in the match that would really no it wasn't the match I I didn't get it at all watching it on TV for the first match and for most of that second match that section of the crowd were coming up their own chants and they were amusing themselves and they were highly entertaining themselves and fair play whatever you want yeah this complete story I'll yeah, and that was it. I've got no issue with it, but it was the fact, and it drove me, and it drove you nuts much later on with the 10 chance, Kieran, because you exploded. And I want to get that in, because that's hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, but again, it was one of those things where it's like, God damn, these guys are trying, and they're having a good match, and I'm enjoying it. Stop saying 220, it's pissing me off. So the whole crowd just chatting, shut the fuck up. So it didn't bother me at all. It was, it was a bit annoying, but the actual, the rest of the crowd chatting, shut the fuck up, was more annoying, because. <laughs> it took away from the finish. First of all, it killed the finish. Um, like all you people banging on you fucking indie darlings think you're so ace but Alistair Black who this guy is and I'm saying that based on conversation I had with people away from the show um, none of you seem to give a fuck about what was going on and more importantly to me but just like so you can only chant shit if it's homogenised with the whole of the crowd if, if, if you're mm. all doing the same stereotypical oh, chants yeah. that's cool but a bunch of fans are just having fun fuck you yeah, yeah. that pissed me off it's like fuck you you pretentious asshole some guy's having fun if you don't like it, chant something else. Yeah, but it's that lack of consistency. It's like yes, what, what's 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 cool and what's not cool. If it's a chant you don't know, then you're gonna get booed and told shut, <laughs> you can say shut the fuck up. If you shut the fuck up, <laughs> we'll come to that in a minute. <laughs> so anyway, the we then get to the the three matches that really mattered on this show. So we get the great, very enjoyable, tremendous 
Superb. Yeah. Johnny Gargano. Johnny. Johnny Football. Johnny Football. Johnny Wrestling. Who was it that tried to get a Johnny Wrestling, sorry. Something else tried to get a Johnny. No, there's a dude started trying to chat Bobby Wrestling. It's like <laughs> you don't know who, you don't get the you Some don't, guy, yeah. you don't get the fucking genesis of this this name mate so yeah sure. it's got nothing to do with the fucking guys and yeah anyway so yeah fantastic three match I love this match I love this I match. thought this was an absolute blast oh, it, was, it was it was a great a great match the story with the authors being the team to destroy and they, they did it but they could never finish the job yeah, and then worked, the authors just came in and beat them both they walked and well, you'd like them or not the, the story of the match was fantastic yeah um I, I don't know who to give credit to if it's like the Revival or Gargano but man these tag matches with these two teams are always laid out so perfectly oh, it, was, it, was, it was the perfect it was the perfect way to, to highlight strengths of the authors of pain and, and hide hide the weaknesses you know it was easily their uh, the best performance for, for them since they debuted in NXT the fans don't seem to really again with that lack of self-awareness in the crowd especially this NXT audience with the chant of no one likes you to the authors of pain the fucking heels! They're fucking heels! They're not supposed to be liked. And then here, this clever. That's the thing, it's like. A, a, a phrase I heard over the past week that I love is that smarks are the new marks. And it, <laughs> and it really came through with this next year. It was like. For, for a supposedly self aware group of people. Fuck it. I think, I'm thinking that. They're, they're still. They're, for, the, for the suggestion that they're self aware. And let's not kid ourselves. We're, we're, I don't want to group everybody in this. No, I'm sure it's not everybody. No, it's not everybody. But we in ourselves are a part of the sort of. Speak for yourself, Carl. No, but we <laughs> we are involved in, in a very insignificant, small way in, in terms of the internet wrestling community. Yeah, we, we are fuck that noise. No, but we, we, we <laughs> fuck that no, noise. No, we, we have we have a Go pod. And join G. We, we have. He's that, in bed somewhere. That's, so that's, up nice and early for work the next day. That's not fair. In fact, he might be at work right that's, now. That's not fair. Sorry, man. That's not fair. But the point being is, when I'm seeing these fuckers who think they know everything because they got the internet, and I'm thinking. I would love to work these people because the internet's the tool that you're working it's with. It's the easiest. Oh my god, I would. Oh, they are the so easiest. I would love to get these people's but that, money. But, that, but, that, <laughs> but that, that's my point. Yeah, they they are they are people who are still within the in their own little bubble. They've got their own narrow minds. They are easy to con in that sense. And that's not to say that we don't sometimes. We, we're quite opinionated. And I'm sure to some people we probably come across as a bit pretentious with our views. I'm, I'm certain that I probably do to some of our listeners. But you know that. It comes a point where you just think. Even I never sort of sit there think, I want to be the story of the show. You know, I, I, you know, I genuinely, although it may not come across times, and, and I sort of go on forums and, and the like and, and read the Observer newsletter, and probably take it a bit too seriously at times. I still, when I watch the wrestling, want to get caught up in it. I want to be sort of emotionally attached to it, and yeah, it's just this this sense with with some fans. And it's part of the cops that the WWE have created themselves with this, with, yeah, with starting with Taboo Tuesday and all that palaver. Even then, it's when they've helped fester to a little, to a point. Well, when, when you think back and you think, well, you know, that CM Punk angle wasn't aimed at the masses. Well, no, no, it really Stuff wasn't. like that, it's like, yeah, they have, and, they and, have and tried the numbers, to breathe this. And the numbers show that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So anyway, get back to the fantastic tag team yeah. match. Sorry, yes, yes. The Revival, gone, and now they're up on Raw. DIY, they lose. Authors of Pain, not sure what's next in NXT really for uh, heavy machinery. Heavy machinery looks like it's, it's it's gonna be the thing, but to be honest, DIY is where it's at. I don't know what, where they're going or what they're doing. Well, but just, it better be something you, good. You just you just call them up. Yes. Are, I mean, they, are they making it up as a tag team? I don't know. Trump, uh, injured. I don't know. He's he's 
I must have missed uh, that. He is injured, but he's he's not. Um, yeah, I think Melter touched on that. He, he's he's working with an injury, but it's I don't think it's considered that he's going to have a lot of time off. But uh, you know, we've we've got this um, superstar shake-up. Don't call it a draft coming up on on Raw tonight and tomorrow. Tonight and tomorrow, and um, you know, I wouldn't be. I don't expect it to happen, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if there's another NXT call-up somewhere in the form of, of Gargano and Champa. Because uh, it, it seems ridiculous to say, when we know that the company will probably just keep them down there for another six months, but there is nothing for them to do down there now. No. There's no point in going back to them and the authors of The only thing I can think is if they're doing the split. And that would just be criminal. Why do, do, do it for the sake of doing it with no build? No, I so okay. see it in NXT. Sorry. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you can see, I can see that, but then still, they're, they're so far along. Now. Especially because I see the top babyface long term NXT if he's going to be there, being Johnny Gargano. Oh, yeah, not Drew McIntyre, who was the big <laughs> shock on this show. Yeah. Big shock. Hey, look, it's Drew McIntyre. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Up next, Evermoon and Asuka. But yeah, so I see, I see what you're saying, but. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where things go for old uh, Johnny Wrestling. So yeah, Oscar Ember Moon, pretty good little match. Enjoy this. Enjoy this. Um, finish is bullshit. Although, oh no, yeah, the execution of pushing the referee in plain sight and, and getting no reprimand is just don't com- do that. Completely ridiculous. Two, three. How- <laughs> the idea was nice. Of the idea of she has to take a desperate measure to win. I'd have liked it if they didn't flagrantly do a disqualification and not give a disqualification. Now, that'd have been nice, but you know. Yeah, it's um, an interesting finish, and you know, it was a, it was a, a a good match, but it's not it's not working. The, this attempt to to turn Oscar heel, no one's, especially not with with that audience, they're just not buying it, are they? they ne- oh, I don't, I don't think they it's, are. It's, anyway. it's the Austin heel from two thousand and one thing, where unless you've got the strong baby face. Which which they haven't. Having the established guard just go heel on on colder baby faces is just not going to work. And it's not going to work here. Yeah, I thought the dynamic of the two really hit the crowd. Um, so Ember, especially with the face, Oscar's the star. Really, she didn't. Was no booze. So, no. And this mid match, it, it plodded life for me. I did, yeah, this this match did plod for me life. Yeah. Uh, half the dynamic, half give a fuck who wins and loses but it's, it's, it's in a lot of cases it's been that way with Oscar since they brought her in yeah, they could, because they, they've sort of I think we touched upon it on a, on a previous podcast I can't think which, which one it was now where um, I think it was you Lee, who kind of corrected me but rightly in the sense of I was talking about this notion that they're trying of portraying Oscar as the killer and, and, and you, you pointed out at the time it's sort of half or ham-fisted with that because yes they're, they're talking about her in that way but when it comes to these bigger shows she's not working in that way there's two, there's you know, there's plenty of give and take there so it's kind of half-cocked in that sense and it's it's the same way I think with these attempts to turn a heel because they kind of they've teased it in the past obviously the, the interaction with Bailey she was always going to come off second best with that crowd in terms of fan reaction and the who was it? Oh, who did she wrestle on the takeover in Canada? Who was it? It was the f- uh, Mickey James. Mickey, Mickey James. James that was that's it. right. I know, not doing the handshakes. They obviously they've obviously had this idea for a while, but it's just it's the wrong place to try it. Yeah, it doesn't ever seem to work. Uh, and of course, we then move on to the main events. The two more great entrances: Bobby Roode, Nakamura. Fantastic entrances to kick this thing off, as we uh, fully expected. 
Anna, and there you go. Bobby Roode wins, moves on to other things in NXT. Nakamura moves on to bigger and better things, hopefully. Yeah. Laborious. It's oh, the Bobby Roode heat section, folks. <laughs> Now, at this point, before we get into that comment, let's sidebar here for yet again on the outside of the ring. It's the 10 count. Oh. 10. 10. At this point, Kieran, who had his head over his mouth for periods. Hands over my mouth? Yeah, hands over your mouth, sorry. For a period <laughs> of this show, when the 10 chance would come, eventually just burst out with a desperate and trying. Don't you people give a fuck who wins? Because <laughs> you don't! Don't fucking bang on about 50-50 booking. They don't care who wins wins and losses don't count anymore. When you're counting 10, when a guy might get counted out, fuck you, especially for a main event title match. Fuck all of you, you fucking marks. (gasps) (sighs) (sighs) It's compound, it's compounded. Dillinger comes out and he's on the apron and no one says a fucking thing. Ice cold. Because he's not over. You fucking people think you're over by doing 10 counts. Sorry if you do this and it's part of your enjoyment of wrestling I appreciate that this is my part of my lack of enjoyment in wrestling it's not funny it doesn't mean anything he's not over get over it people listen to the 10 count otherwise I'll just get rid of count outs altogether and it'll be uh, that might be the best <laughs> at this rate yeah do at this rate yeah curious to see if it continues with the NXT crowd now that he's not there oh it's not it's nothing to do with him it'll happen it'll, it'll continue it'll happen on you, every you show you think it'll just continue yeah. every fucking indie show it's, it's it's the it's the great Dillinger bluff. It's the new uh, it's the new yes. It's the new what? It's the new ho. It's yeah. So anyway, the whole point of this is laborious. Before we we uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we... Exp- explain that to me. So live, Bobby Roode getting the heat is not the most captivating thing in the world. Kieran, I'll let you take it from here since this was your hot take. Um, hot <laughs> take. Yes. I like look, the guy. It looks great. Um, it's a great entrance. Carries himself like a star. Carries himself like a star. But the heat sec and if you're like Edwards and you like boring heat sections, <laughs> who who says I enjoy getting bored? No, there's other ways to get heat rather than just standing over a guy with a chin lock for 20 minutes. Um, it's not even a chin lock; it was a fucking headlock. It wasn't even headlock; it was like a head vice. It's cool when Diesel did it in a sort of in like a, a picture in WWF magazine. I too. remember that picture. Yeah, exactly. Because when a big ass dude, it looks like he's going to tear his head off. Bobby Roode does not look like he's going to tear his head off. It looks like he's stalling for ten minutes, <laughs> and he was stalling for ten minutes. Yeah, I I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed it too. I, thought, I, thought it was, I enjoyed. I, I thought it was a great match. Yeah, but it was, he it was, was boring. <laughs> More your pace, I guess, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's too quick for me. <laughs> um. Yeah, a better match than uh, than their first effort, and probably I don't think it was better than the first one. Yeah, uh, maybe so. it was. Well, the thing I, I watched one live and one on tape, but I thought that the first one with the phony injury and the great near fall with the with the DDT, I thought I bought that hook lancing. I thought that was executed superbly. Mm-hmm. Nakamura selling on that was just brilliant. The first match, the second match. Uh, again, maybe it's the sense of inevitability in the crowd, but yeah. I, de- I never believed that the fans believed Nakamura had a chance to really yeah, that's, win. That's 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 probably fair. Um, there isn't a bit of an emotional reserve with uh, with stuff like that. The, the one thing I would say to to you though, Kieran, is if um, if you felt that uh, Bobby Roode heat spots are boring now, wait until we get to the uh, inevitable Bobby Roode Cassius Ono feud. Now, after enjoying the Nakamura Bobby Roode match in the uh, the post show, of course we have to try and leave the Amway Center. Ah. Which I don't know how many of you out there have uh, used Uber 
I didn't mind their uh, services over the course of this period of time. However, it was a nightmare getting out of the Amway Centre when you got 20,000, well, it wasn't 20,000, but whatever it was, 12,000, 15,000 wrestling fans all trying to kind of get out. And they closed all the other streets. There's only one street. Well, they, they made it into a one-way system, didn't they? They made it into yeah. a one-way system so you could only kind of get through. And, of course, that was just slowing everything down. So you had cars backed up the whole street. You can't get a taxi in. The fact that the Ubers are all taken up anyway, so you've got to kind of ride out the wave and try and get the right taxi. And so... At this point, G. John Chase, the absent G. John Chase, catches up with us and tries to uh, see what's going on from a taxi perspective. So we give it one more try. We walk into a, a rather downtown area of Orlando, trying to get away from the fray, which we end up deciding that was a criminally bad idea and moving all the way back to the Amway Centre. Emphasis on criminally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You did, that guy did a bum a cigarette off you, didn't he? Oh, he was a crackhead. I could have taken him. Yeah? Yeah, man. There's no worry about that. Yeah, I'm not worried about crackheads, unless they're really jonesing and they've got a knife. Yeah. And this no, guy had neither. No. He, he was just looking for any help he could get. Yeah. I think he did ask for G for some change, and G shot him down. Oh. <laughs> Probably the wise thing to do, to be quite honest. Anyway, so we get our way back to the Amway Centre and decide, yeah, let's call a taxi now. Of course, we've still got thousands of wrestling fans outside, but we get an Uber. We do get through to Uber, and G John Chase has success as well. He also gets through to Uber. And so, as we are kind of walking up to where the taxi... I get a phone call that basically tells me, where are you? I'm here on this street. And from the taxi driver, not from, from the G. taxi driver, not from G. Yeah, so the taxi driver calls us and tells us the street he's coming in on. I'm looking around at road signs. I see the street. I hear a guy scream, Liam. I turn around, and there's a guy with, a, with his phone to his ear and his hand up waving at me. So, we run over there. No, better than that, you say, I'm, gonna wave. I'm waving to you now, and you wave back. Yeah. And the man says, I can see you waving. Yeah, 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 you can see you waving. So then we walk over to the taxi and we get in. It's, it's, it's me, it's Kieran, it's my fiance Stacy. And as we were in the, the car, my uh, lovely fiance looks at the screen and says, Why does that say Gareth <laughs> on the screen? And of course. G is for Gareth, folks. Yeah, G's for Gareth. So we're. we're I'm trying to. Try and, and Stacy's trying to say this to me quite quietly to not stooge us off. <laughs> God bless her. I can see it. I'm in the front and I can see Stacey trying to get your attention. <laughs> and I'm thinking, shut the fuck up, Stacey. Shut the fuck up, Stacey. <laughs> we're, on, we're getting a lift home here. We're getting a lift home. And at that point, we've been milling around for like 45 to minutes to an hour. So like, we just wanted to get out of there. And so, who calls the taxi driver on the speakerphone <laughs> but G. John Chase asking where he is? And we're like, how did this happen? Because I got this call from this taxi guy. As it turns out, the taxi driver of our taxi was right behind yeah. the guy who was, whose car we'd gotten in. And, the, and they're having the same conversation at the same time, thinking that I was Gareth and Liam. So anyway, as it turns out, we got into the wrong taxi. We stole G's taxi at midnight when he was stranded at the Amway Centre and, uh, and hightailed it out of there. Although, we were kind enough to get him to spin around and pick him back up. Yeah, well... Mm. Only because I felt exceedingly no, no, guilty. Only because the taxi driver was like, I'm going to have to drop you up. I'm going to have oh, to pick him up right. because they'll give us... Bad, it'll, it'll give me a bad. Uh, well, the whole thing report. was if it had taken the ride, obviously G's phone would have been charged the trip because it's it's through the, the, it's automatic. So G would have been charged for our ride home, which actually would have been even better. But we got it cheaper in the end. We got it cheaper in the end. We gave him you know cash in hand. There's a deal deal off the table, and, uh, and we all got home quite uh, quite late. But I bet that's why he left early for that contributed to leaving early for mania. Of course it did. Yeah. So anyway, uh, actually we got. Through. Can, I, can I say just before, just before we move on? I've always liked Stacey, always thought very highly of her. From the stories I've heard about Orlando and what we've discussed on air here, I have a whole new appreciation for it. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, don't ever let it go. 
Well, actually, uh, where do you want to go next, fellas, in this conversation? Do you want to go for a few more humorous tales from Orlando, or should we go for the superstar shake-up discussion? Uh, got some tales. Make people hang on for some actual wrestling conversation. Otherwise, they'll just turn off early. All right, fair <laughs> enough. That's a good point. So let, let, let's drag this thing out like it's yeah. uh, like it's uh, Triple H and Seth Rollins, shall we? Okay, it's so Bobby Heat, Ru- it's Bobby Roos Heat. <laughs> Hopefully not as laborious. So anyway, we were talking about the wrestling fans in the area, and one of the things, obviously, we talked about the uh, all, the, all the merch, all the Cass and Enzo merch, and the other thing that was very evident in the area was the amount of replica belts oh, fuck. that had been purchased by fans and were being carried everywhere. When I say everywhere... You come down to my swimming pool wearing a wrestling <laughs> no, belt. Uh, the hotel swimming pool. You come, down to my, <laughs> you come down to my swimming pool wearing that belt. You're going to get that fucking thing, fucking thing thrown in the deep end so it rusts, motherfucker. <laughs> Annoying as hell. It's, it's just seeing people... Uh, again, hey... Who am I to, to tell people what to do in life? But it's one. It's your show, Liam. Yeah, I guess. So anyway, I I, I can't stand it because I just look at it and it's like it's the manner in which they carry yes. them. It's, it's not it's, even holding it for a keepsake. It's unforgivable. These people <laughs> do not deserve to be allowed to breathe the same oxygen that we do. <laughs> there aren't many occasions where I consider myself superior to someone. Quite quite the opposite. I have a chronic lack of self confidence. <laughs> but. but but double time clap at someone I'll spit my new fucking clothes that I bought in Orlando don't God worry damn you, I'll be on the phone to be a star <laughs> I'll hit Marrow up for a tweet we can talk he'll, he'll help me he'll help me hey I <laughs> like I like him crippling lack of self but oh, God. when I hear about people who go into eating establishments Places of uh, you know business. Re- repute, places of business, where the, human beings are, where human beings, where other people are, carrying around replica belts, walking as if their shit don't stink. Not so much walking as no, sauntering, no, strutting, they're not, strutting. They're not walking. You know, compared to those people, yes, I consider myself just ever so slightly a notch above. What what I'll say is, if you're going to do that. Don't strut around like you're Sean in 95, 96, when you're know, really proud to be the champion. Yeah, at, least Walk around. He, at least he had the excuse of being on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, don't walk around with that pride. Walk around like Owens, like, you know, you know it's a prop now, and you're dragging through airport. That, that's the way you should carry your replica belt, folks. Not like you're the champion, because you didn't beat anyone. Now, this, of course, leads to the high point of this. is not just a rag on fans, but for an incident that happened in the hotel in the lift, oh, yeah. which was fucking superb. And I don't know who this guy was. So basically, at the Rosen International, where we were all staying, me and then my friends got in the lift, and a older gentleman is there who's absolutely got nothing to do with WrestleMania. Look, he had no interest in what was going on. He's just there to hang out in Florida with whoever he was with. An old kind of disinterested guy just kind of minding his own business. Into the lift. Probably playing golf. Probably playing golf or something of the sort. Into the lift wanders wrestling fan X with NWO Wolfpack t-shirt oh, on. Oh, well, there's the first problem. And a WCW championship belt with NWO spray painted on the main plate. What a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, the old guy turns his head, sizes up said wrestling fan, and in a condescending manner that I could only wish that I can one day achieve myself, simply said, defending that tonight, are you? <laughs> Oh, I'd have bought that man a drink. <laughs> and the Russian fan nervously goes, uh, yeah, sure, I'm in the main event. And he goes, I bet you're not in it for the money, are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, superb. 
Oh, it's great. What a, what a fine man that was. <laughs> so that amused me greatly. I thought that was absolutely excellent. Of course, Kieran, in Orlando, you had your uh, fair share of trials and tribulations on the first day. Shit happens. Shit happens. You lost your, your, your hotel card, your wallet. You well, lost it all. You see... By the time leaving his dignity, I left that at home. <laughs> he checked that into the airport. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, well, problem started when I was in, in a bar. Um, I was as there, they always do. I was there before Liam. He rocked up. You saw me when I was in, in said bar. That was great. Beverage. As I showed up. Yeah, that's a random text. Um, <laughs> you were just there. So I went. Yeah, to, yeah, he did. Oh, brilliant! It's <laughs> magic. Um, so on the way from the bar to my room, I was going to go buy some more beers from the shop. But I didn't have enough money on me, um, so I thought, "Oh fuck! I've left my wallet upstairs. I've only brought some. I've brought some noted Joe with me, but not enough, obviously. This all makes sense still at this point. Bearing in mind, I did think something dropped out of my pocket as I got up from from the table. Anyway, um, yeah, went up to the room. Uh, didn't have my, my my key, so I had to go and get another key. They took the piss a little bit. Then I went back up to the room. Um, <laughs> got into the room with the second key. My wallet wasn't there, signifying that I had actually lost my wallet and first key and cash. As I then turned to go, always out, a fun thing to happen on the first day yeah, of the holiday. As I then turned to leave the room, I, I've lost the second key. And bear in mind, I've taken two steps at this point. I have no idea what happened to that second key. Couldn't find it. Um, after about half an hour of searching, I gave up and thought, "Fuck this! I'm, I'm gonna have to go and look for my wallet again because that's got at least got one key in it." But so I had to leave the door open because I couldn't lock it. I can't go and ask for a third key because that looks just dodgy. <laughs> yeah, luckily, the lucky it was under the under the table at the bar. Probably should look there first. Where it was in the first place, where you were sitting. When I when I when, when I felt it fall out my pocket, but thought, nah. <laughs> just like just like in fact, when we stole G's taxi, I did hear the other taxi beep us. I also heard the guy say a name that wasn't Liam. I did not put these two things together. We really should have. Wow, I've been wanking for forty five minutes. <laughs> Every man for himself. Yeah, that was that was first night actually, not not first day. First day was when that gay Brazilian guy gave me pink eye. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you paid fifteen dollars for a bar of soap. Not off the same Brazilian. That, that was off a, a young Brazilian girl. who was. She seduced me. Yeah. She seduced me. She seduced you into spending fifteen dollars for uh, a fucking in the grand one pound bar of soap. In the grand scheme of things, I think I got away pretty cheaply on that one. Um, think so? Yeah. That's, yeah. So that's first day anyway. So. Uh, so as you can tell, we had a grand old time in Orlando, Florida. Of course, between that there was Universal, there was shopping, there was all the the good stuff you expect from Florida. Did read some horror tales on the UK fan forum about people having uh, bad experiences, having their stuff stolen, things of that nature. But uh, thankfully, we avoid it. And for my drive, they, like they had like you know their swag bags and stuff that they had, and uh, I guess somebody approached them asked to borrow their phone or something like that, and when they said they didn't have one, the guy just swiped their bag and legged it. Nice. There's a, yeah, there's a few, there's a few uh, kind of bad incidents and situations. I think a lot of them stem from being in downtown Orlando, which is not the place to be. And if you haven't learned that by now, then well, you should. Unfortunately, <laughs> I've learned it by now. Now you know. Now you know. Although iDrive is usually kind of free from that kind of riff and yeah, yeah. so it's kind of sad to hear the uh, tales like that. But again, yeah. other than that, I uh, greatly enjoyed Orlando. Our hotel was much opposite the Hogan Beach Shop, which <laughs> was the experience in itself to go and walk in. And uh, see all the uh, the Hulk Hogan memorabilia. It's quite an interesting little. Uh... Did uh, Chris and the Sanchez end up going to that? By the way, I don't know if they did. No, I don't know if they did. A couple of our friends with their um, uh, Ben Green, who we talk about uh, quite a bit. Well, sometimes. I mean, he doesn't. Oh, he's listening. You're all right, Ben. Really, <laughs> really. Well, then, fuck that. He's I rock up and he's wearing a tank top that says "I flex," and the arms fell off. The sleeves fell off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, wanker. <laughs> if, if you're listening, ben. if you're listening. Wanker. <laughs> um, but you knew that when you bought it, so yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's why you bought it. Um, I can't remember what the point that was now. Hogan Beach Shop. Oh, yeah, yeah, they got quoted $500 for the forum. 
to meet to meet Big Terry. Yeah, yeah. I've sold his hundred. Was it hundred? Hundred and fifty a pop. Yeah. So oh, they got would have got a discount for five hundred for then. Definitely there. Yeah. Really? Was was, yeah. was Brian Nobbs there to greet people as they walked in? Um, I heard they ha- initially had him on the door, but moved him back again to the stock room for. Uh, he, was sc- he was scaring the children. Well, there, there was yeah, personal hygiene issues. Yeah. So with that said, let's talk about uh, post WrestleMania Raw, post WrestleMania SmackDown, the Superstar Shakeup coming up. A uh, few things of note on Raw: got Angle now as the new GM to bring his unique brand of goofy humor. And uh, if the first Raw was anything to go by, I'm quite looking forward to Kurt Angle yeah, in the role. Yeah, I think he's going to be a good fit. The way they use their GMs. Yeah. Um, usually it's a detriment to the guys, whereas Kurt, Kurt, remarkably, instead of like being the comedy goof was actually kind of like projected it onto other people so like he was laughing at them yeah and it's true because they're nerds so um, I'd say yeah his, his cadence of his humour I thought worked well yeah, it's so perfect it's like, it was, it was, it was like that you know back in the debris environment and doing you know his his thing it felt right it felt like it worked that's not how you spell soft and then stuff <laughs> like it's like it's just Kurt's just bewilderment at it all it's like this is great he's, he's got tremendous timing he does Kurt um, and thankfully at least for now because it was always the concern with bringing Kurt in that he's just going to be buried and belittled within a matter of weeks by Stephanie it helps with her not being on TV oh at least for now I hope I hope that Stephanie comes back and doesn't bust Kurt's balls because it's Kurt and she's got a soft spot for yeah. him That'd be so great. Like it's, it's that, hey Kurt, like that little girly twinkle in the yeah, eye. Yeah, I, and I can absolutely see, and like, we can all see it coming. When Angle, if he gets cleared, it's Angle and Triple H. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. So did have... he sleep with her after all? Yeah. We need answers. I just want to see Kurt melting Steph's chocolate panties and <laughs> Triple H getting all pissy about. It. Is that your mania match though? Because it's kind of uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Yeah. I see that. But yeah, so I, I, I could see that being. Of course, we have to talk about the segment at the start of the show where Roman Reigns was booed out the minutes building for about oh. ten straight minutes. The Undertaker chant to start the show was awesome enough, which lasted forever. And then, of course, just the perfect timing of the dinner, the best troll music in wrestling history at this point, and the uh, ten straight minutes of uninterrupted, unadulterated hatred for Roman Reigns. Again. Beautiful. It was beautiful. He looked like such a star. Yeah, the pause, just standing in there. Lift it up. No, you're not ready yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It was great. Oh, just flip him around and say, "You bitches gonna let me talk?" And the place would fucking melt. They were. They, they, they went crazy when he, they, when they, he did yeah, talk. Yeah, it was one line, but it was it was a great one line. It's uh, yeah. Roman's good, people. Roman's good. Yeah. If you haven't figured it out by now, you will. Well, I started figuring it out to a point then. You're you're still not on the Roman Reigns bandwagon. He just needs to be. It just needs to be a heel. It's not because I'm, I'm obsessed with with the, with the importance of being cheered or booed in that sense. That doesn't mean what it what it used to mean. Fans will just react how they'll react. But it's just I just kind of be saying the more you persist with him trying to be a face, not even trying here. Though. That's the weird thing about this weekend. No, they no, did not put him in this position no, no, to they, try and get no, him cheered. They didn't this weekend, but you know they will next week or the week after. Yeah, and the week after that. And he's just not remotely likable. He doesn't come across as likable in any sense. And I, d- I don't find I don't find him terribly charismatic. I really don't. He doesn't jump out at me at all. Really doesn't. I'm I'm just not there. I'm just not there yet. I'm just not there yet. It might it might take the heel turn if it ever comes, which it probably won't. But uh, 
yeah, we'll we'll see where this shapes up in about a month's time before the book is written. As, as a one night thing, a sensational uh, thing to experience. Of course, at the end of the show, Finn Balor returns. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, I am seeing enough I'm, on this. Yeah, and that's, well, there's a, there's a few things. It's miraculous how quickly Seth Rollins can now get cleared for sanctioned matches. <laughs> was it the doctor? Um, well, the doctor's still on wrestle, so fuck it. Well, this this is the same doctor that had the runs with CM Punk, presumably. So you know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been wrong before. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens, Seth. Um, and we'll just throw away any notion of a Finn Balor Seth Rollins match. They're I'm, friends. I'm not sad about that, really. I mean, I know for continuity's sake, it would don't, be nice. Yeah, yeah, don't get me wrong; it's not it's not the worst crime in the world where this company's concerned. It's just, I just like, I just like consistency. Damn it! Uh, you say that, and I, I understand where you're coming from. But I mean, it comes like the worst working face. Seth did the they did the little thing. Well, well, they Seth, did the thing. Seth's working face in name. They did, they did, the, they did the little thing where it's like okay, a little standoffish, and it's like first night in. He didn't say anything. It's a bit early to say they've just forgotten all that. I think it'll be there, but they'll, they'll just keep it bubbling because why would you go to it when, in theory, they're supposed to be faces? Mm. I wouldn't I jump on that yet. Okay. I think Finn Bauer is the luckiest person in the world in terms of timing in the last two years of anybody. If Roman has like the bad luck of stuff like Daniel Bryan coming in when he's trying to get his big push and, and you know, in the Royal Rumble and all that malarkey and the way that things went down there compared to Finn Balor who did not have a sensational run in NXT but came along at the right time with the right thing where people could kind of get into it because it was the cool thing and he and he carried that cred himself and just when he got on the main roster he was immediately gone again so people could miss him and he comes yeah, back a sense of tease you can have that, that sense of oh what might have been what if could Balor be was healthy people hold it they, they, they keep that high expectation without having the drop off that always tends to come when a guy's on television for a long period of time and the day's gonna come the days going. I, I'm still. I'm. I'm just looking at this like, you know, every, any criticism that anybody makes of Roman is exactly to me tenfold with Finn Balor. I don't find him charismatic in the slightest. Oh, he's not. I, I, just he someone... paints his face as a cool entrance. Yeah. And for for those fans to act like Finn is God to fucking do the wave in that match, <laughs> I don't think I need to say anything more. I will. Uh, I'll happily concede that that, that Reigns is, is fair share more than fair share of. of decent matches over the last couple of years I, I would you know, it'd be churlish of me to suggest otherwise but yeah Ballot I, I will readily hold my hands up and say I didn't see a lot of the New Japan stuff but for someone who came over with such a reputation his NXT run was boring I agree I, 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 I didn't care about his matches with Joe really and it, it takes a lot for me to not care about Joe I adore the man, <laughs> but I, I I really didn't see a future for Balor on the main roster. The match with Owens when the be, special. Just because I sat there and thought, well, and and this isn't something that I think is a legitimate criticism of anyone, but sort of you know looking thinking about how Vince looks at everything. Right, you're undersized for for what Vince likes. I haven't seen you have any great matches from for what I would like. You don't come across as terribly charismatic to me, and from what I can tell, you can't cut the twenty-minute promo they like either. Can't cut the three-minute promo. So yeah, so so I didn't I didn't see him ticking any of the WWE boxes in that sense. So I really, really didn't see a, a, a real bright future for him. I mean, 
it may well be the case that uh, it isn't a bright future. But you know, we'll see over time. But uh, hey, the jury's not out yet. No. I, I, I'm not so ignorant as to think, oh well, as to write the guy off. But at the same time, no, no. this is why I'm saying, man, what a lucky dude. Because at no point they see him as being this incredibly popular guy because the reputation and the, and the time being right and in the right front of the right people at the right time to give him the perception of being a star. Remember, the crowd wasn't going crazy for that Rollins Balor match at SummerSlam when it happened. It was like it was cold. Apart, unless you're obsessed with this notion of the demon, the demon king. Demon, sorry. demon king. That's it. What the fuck is the demon king? There's no rationale or explanation behind any of it. It's, it's look. It, well, they did do the video with the book of monsters, Carl. If you remember, oh, for book of monsters, sake, Carl. Fuck's sake! Sure, someone will hear it and think I absolutely hate the guy. I don't. I don't. It, you know, it, as you know, I'll say I didn't care about the, the match with Joe. It's not to say they were bad matches. But they, you know, they just didn't grab my attention. But I don't think it's outlandish to say. I've re- I'm yet to be convinced. I'm, I think I think I'm perfectly justified in saying, much as you touched on there, Liam, the jury is still out. Yeah, the jury's out. We'll see in six months. I'll be happy to to revert my opinion in six months. But it comes back to one of the things that I noticed a great deal watching Raw is, and I obviously love the Hardys being back. That was a lot of fun. You know, Balor and all that. But over the weekend with these shows and you watch it this wrestling audience and I, I especially really start to meet Wrestlemania is an audience that is sitting and waiting for the individual moments that either shock them or them they get excited about it really is like it more than I've ever seen it's like it's almost I don't want to say it's like high, the high yeah, spot that's crowd that's soon information on it yeah it's just like it's just like the beach ball in the crowd on Raw. Finn Balor comes back and you do the wave. After you treat him like a star, you treat fucking Goldberg like a peon. Finn Balor comes back. Yeah, Roman Reigns gets booed out of the building for whatever flaws they perceive he has. And he's got some, don't get me wrong. But Finn Balor comes out and they, they treat him like he's ace. And then they just couldn't care less about what he actually does in the match. The, dare I say, it's ten a, chance. It's, it's the crowd that wants the instant gratification over the sustained, sustained heat. heat there you go absolutely and I think it really stood out to me this weekend and again maybe it's because the promotion's booked that way for a long time where you have Michael yeah. Cole saying what a moment oh, oh I, my everyone by now is surely sick to death of <laughs> Wrestlemania moments <laughs> it is though it's like it's like it's like Soundbite news is what is what this wrestling audience wants. It's like they, for as big fans they feel they are, it's it's all soundbite audience. But but without wanting to turn this into some sort of you know cultural science type of lecture or seminar, isn't that the way the world generally is now? In other forms, it's only right, wrong, or otherwise. It's it's somewhat natural that that bleeds over into wrestling as well. Of course, but it's just that weird thing. I think it's interesting about how with wrestling becoming so much more of a niche thing and, and, not, and having less of a casual audience than they've ever had before and obviously again things like WrestleMania going so long and WrestleMania being such an involving experience that it breeds the, the super hardcore fan and I just think it's such a strange thing to book to that it, it, this is a discussion for another day most likely about you know, a, a bigger issue but just you know, it's stuff like the Goldberg thing you know it, it, I don't know why it just really stands out to me because granted they didn't book that like the story should have been as we've talked about in this podcast before but at the same time, man, that reaction—I don't know if you saw it, Kieran or Carl—but the Goldberg promo after Raw. Oh no, I'm sorry. That was—I that was that pissed that was, me that off. Was, that was that was annoying, and I, I was I was at least relieved at the end where it was sort of tantamount to, right, I'm going to say my piece, 
Yeah, I appreciate it if you would listen, basically, because I'm actually talking from the heart here, and this isn't part of the show. I want to say it was a very sincere message that he gave in his promo about you know, doing things for his family, and you know that makes him happy and stuff like that. And and this and finally in the end again, this crowd who fucking reacted like Adolf Hitler's music hit when 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 uh, you know, not even that because they didn't even hate him. It was just like indifference when Goldberg comes out, and then by the end they're all going crazy. But like you get the hecklers and stuff like that. it's like you know again you don't want to smear the masses with when it's probably it's, it's a vocal minority but at the same time that vocal minority is is was the majority it's vocal majority this yeah, weekend and, so and, and it really stands out and they're what tend to cut through yeah on tv when you and people have it. the perception that that's the way the casuals will look at things and that's why you get stuff like cena after all these years still being pushed as a babyface and vince thinking that roman will be a babyface anyway because he doesn't you know that audience that acts that way he has no stock in their opinion really he's no, not looking well, you know, he knows he can bank on you yeah, so you're catered yeah, to you yeah. we know yeah. you're paying tickets yeah. tickets what about all those other fuckers well, yeah. so, as, 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 as much as I will be critical of, of Roman Reigns and say I'm not there yet he's comfortably number two behind Cena on the merchandise yeah you know, so it's, it's no wonder that Vince will persist with it because yes you're booing him but it's not the same way as in the eight, in the, you know, you know 70s, 80s, 90s, where if you booed someone and they were a heel, they weren't selling anything. You know, they might sell tickets because you want to see the babyface beat them up, but they're not selling merchandise. When you boo them now, they're still selling the merchandise. <laughs> so the revenue stream is still there. Yeah. And it's not as if, we, I think we've talked in the past about the, it, there was a point where, not that Reigns directly negatively affected house shows, but he didn't give them any sort of boost. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, I understand, as far as I understand, that's tapered off now as well. That's tapered off as things yeah. are leveling out a little bit. So, so, so if 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 these fans really hate Roman Reigns and and want to make a point of saying, don't push this man, well, the only way to do it, you know, to actually cut through, is to not turn up to shows and not buy the stuff. But you know, you're going to anyway. I'll sit there and piss and moan, but I've sat through a five-hour WrestleMania. I sat through the pre-show. I watched NXT. You know, the three of us all will all, will sit here and watch old Raws and old Nitros and pay for our network subscription to do the podcast and watch other things. You know? Absolutely. I'm not Vince, a- Vince knows he can rely uh, rely on on us and and people people like that with their reactions to Reigns. Ilk, indeed, indeed. Which is why you get guys like let's say Seth, but. Um, to go back to Finn Finn's just another he's a mid-card guy get used to it folks because he'll get might get the belt once in, once in a while but that doesn't mean but he's not a, that, that doesn't mean what, he's a true what, star what, what does that even mean yeah. Yeah. In, in the era of two belts and the company of mid-carders exactly. he's, he's, he's going to be another mid-card facilitator gets a little shine and again gets a belt and again but he's there to take a, dem- like a small demographic of whatever part of the internet is going to buy a Balaclub t-shirt yeah. and the, that's the company now there's that they're, it's so much of that um, and then when you cut through all that kind of mid-card malaise you get to the main it's like who we got we got Brock we got Cena and Roman's gone trying with Roman trying to make Roman a star not even a heel or face it's not about being a heel or face that's it that's what I'm being saying it's about being a star that's why I said you can't have like such a star if on he, Raw yeah, yeah and to your point yes okay we'll get these not gravitators a face there's, there's a disconnect there but god damn it if he wouldn't heal he'd be no one would chant you can't wrestle he'd be just the fucking he'd be the shit as a heel for about three months 
and then he'd start going face because they'd fucking cheer him they'd because cheer him, yeah. yeah because it's got nothing to do with his ability it's just the the perception that I'm being told to cheer this guy yeah. well I don't want to because actually my girlfriend wants to fuck him and that's quite insulting sorry folks get over it <laughs> he's a good looking guy um, who's I mean who's actually who gets heat these days Roman Reigns is it is it proper heat though is it, is it would you say it's it's heat would people pay to see him lose not right now the way it's framed ah and, and to a degree I think, you, I think they would you think so um, the, the only one and I think it's it's incredibly tenuous, and I'm not God, I'm undercutting my own argument here. But the only person I can think of who people would would pay to see beaten up in any sense uh, would be the Miz. I, I think the Miz considered gen- generate before, before yeah before the scene of you. I think he he could generate some what you'd call your your your, your, your more standard, more normalised wrestling heat. Yeah. But you know, again, you know, we're talking about a very small segment of the audience, and you know, if that's the only guy I can think of off the top of my head, and even me suggesting that is not is not a unanimous suggestion, probably in, in the in the great scheme of things, you know, it sort of speaks to your point there, really. I mean, look at I mean, a, a case in point goes. Well, we say we talk about the superstar smack, uh, superstar smackdown. Okay, now it's <laughs> name for it. <laughs> Jesus. This um, shake-up, shake-up. superstar shakeup. There you go. Oh, we're live, pal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's we'll, we'll sort of talk a little bit about who's come up on the on the main roster. Nakamura looks like an absolute star on SmackDown. But, yeah, but I am curious to see what the reaction by week three, week four, when we're away from the typical WrestleMania crowd, does this translate? Because we've talked about it before, and you know. Being over in NXT doesn't mean jack shit on the main roster. It's crazy. Dillinger got a got a big pop. You know, a month from now, no one's cheering for Dillinger. He's he's just a body on on the main roster. Which, they'll which, chant ten. Which, yeah, they'll chant ten, but what, yeah, that doesn't mean anything they'll, for they'll, the heat. They'll get that rider style yeah. level. But that, of pop but that doesn't mean anything for the heat of a match. And yeah, but eventually people will not care. I've I've long advocated Dillinger being called not because I think he's anything particularly special. I, I actually find him a useful tool to uh, wind up a, a wrestling uh, fan friend of mine because he, he hates him so it, it's, it's quite a treat in that sense but I've long advocated him coming up just because he's not do, really doing anything in NXT and they need bodies on the main roster so over mid yeah. are, are, are not necessarily so, a bad thing so, so why not call him up um, get to the revival yeah baby faces baby faces on Raw from that reaction but again call for the match yeah, treat them like they're top stars and chant top guys for a couple minutes, and then they couldn't give a fuck about the match. It's it's a because really they've, they've actually got what they wanted. Some of these strange, some of these people, some so let's emphasise some cause absolutely it, because it isn't everyone. It isn't even the majority of wrestling fans. I don't think will then carp and bitch him. Out. Uh, you're not booking the revival strongly. God knows I'll be one of the first to do it if they start losing every week. But I wouldn't have been there doing waves. And not caring about the match, I'd have probably been there cheering them relentlessly. <laughs> Top guys, <laughs> they're here. I love you. Oh, Apart- I love you, Dawson. 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 Dawson's the captain Scott of the team. Dawson. He's a, you know. That's there, there is, gonna- <laughs> there's, there's a really excellent. Pe- you know, the, the revival. They're top guys. One slightly more top than the other. <laughs> like Sherlock Holmes and Watson. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Now, of course, uh, yeah, we mentioned Nakamura there on SmackDown. Other than that, SmackDown was far less newsworthy, unless you're a big Eric Rowan fan. But the Superstar Shake-Up is coming up, as we said, Monday, Tuesday. We are running low on time, gentlemen. So in terms of your expectations for who's going where, give, give me some who you think will, and give me some who you think should. Uh, Ulof's on Raw. So Charlotte's going over, yeah. and New Day going over. Okay. Um, Alexa Bliss is probably going over to Raw. AJ's the big talk. I can see Seth going to SmackDown. Are they going to go with Seth Joe, though? Are they? I'm, 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 have they, have they, have they I written that I wasn't, I wasn't saying that as a statement of fact. It was more, I'm asking the question. I don't, I don't know that they are. Maybe maybe they okay. will. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can certainly see Seth staying where he is. That If they want to continue this thing with Triple H, they want to prolong it or do him and Joe. Yeah, it, it makes sense to keep him on Raw. But I also think that once the Joe thing is finished, there's not a whole hell of a lot for him to do on Raw. <clears throat> Yeah, see, if, if if Corbin had won the belt at Mania, I wouldn't have been shocked if they'd have switched him and Owens round and switched the two mid card belts round. Hmm. Who knows? Who knows what to do with but, Owens? Owens uh, mm. mm, possibly one of them. Too, imagine. Do you just Jericho because he's off anyway? I'd expect one of the two to get sh- shunted, moved over. Yeah. That's Sami Zayn. Thinking into I can, SmackDown. I can, I can see that. Yeah, or Cesaro. There's not really much use for Cesaro and Sheamus as a duo anymore, unfortunately. On, uh, on maybe they get taken over together for SmackDown. I wouldn't hate that actually. Uh, God, the the, the, the SmackDown know, tag division as, as, is as, crying as poor, for help. As poor as tag team wrestling is in general in the company, and the tag teams are treated as nothing outside of the Hardys. Case in point: the newly crowned tag team champions, the Usos, who were in the Battle Royal, eliminated before the team that they just beat for the belts who no one cared about because they hadn't been on TV in weeks and the Usos are now not on the Smackdown post-Wrestlemania yeah so bearing that in mind outside oh, of the Hardys and how weak him. the Raw division is the Smackdown division is positively anemic I say 10 times worse <laughs> <laughs> they've got it they've got a bump up so New Day to Smackdown New Day the th- takes us our own shame so yeah yeah, so are we thinking that uh, the guy's not the like, Ambrose is probably going to stay where he is? Miz? I wouldn't be surprised if Miz got bumped over after his senior exposure. Just because mm. he's the heel. Uh, so who got going the other way? Going to SmackDown? Yeah, do the same. I'm lingering on. I think maybe Joe might end up moving. I see, definitely see Joe because. They need a heel. Yeah. Because Bray Wyatt's fucking. I sorry. Oh. Oh, the idea, the idea of Samoa Joe beating up Randy Orton pleases me. <laughs> you have Joe and Nacker on the same show with people. Does that make a difference? Mm, no, because they're both at the opposite ends of the spectrum. Right, well, it's, it's almost. No, I mean, I just I mean, because you've done it on it. You've done it. I see. I see what you're saying. But maybe you, you, you brought them both up pretty recently. So you want to keep them apart because you don't want either of them losing anyway. So. Yeah, Seth, Seth and Joe staying on Raw does make sense. But it, but it's somewhat uh, comical slash frustrating in in one sense. This idea of you call Nakamura up. So a bunch of people know, oh, we'll get Styles Nakamura, and Styles goes to Raw. In time, in time, don't shoot your wad with AJ and Nakamura, just let it fester, let people want it. Get Nakamura over, if that's uh, word, to the casuals, hopefully, fingers crossed. You know, at, what, at what point do you think Lesnar defends the belt? June. He's got a new deal with more dates. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not working until like, the end of the no, month. I still think... I still think Yes, Strowman first of all, and then boy did that segment come off fucking great, by the way. And that's the thing <laughs> as well. Yeah, 
which, which they could have wanted if they had actually booked Strowman correctly at WrestleMania, but anyway. And then they chant, we want Finn. They get him and do the wave. But I, again, don't want to harp on a broken yeah, record. I not that much. Yeah. It's nice to he's there, but... Yeah, yeah I guess so. It's they like need the, to ramp up Joe, because like, Joe's just floundering here. It's like the comfortable pair of slippers. It's nice to know they're there. You check occasion that they're still there, but you don't really You don't wear them to go dancing. Yeah. You don't use Unless you're Ernest Miller. You don't use them. <laughs> Any other final uh, expectations or desires in this uh, shake-up? Somebody get heel Sasha, are we now? Possibly. I don't see what else they got left yeah. in the women's division. He- heel Sasha, who will undoubtedly get cheered. Of course. Well, against the babyface Bailey. Yeah. Strowman. Um, Strowman staying on Raw with yeah. Brock. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll, he'll, he'll be fed to uh, the Beast. Um... It was a cool visual though of him like towering over Brock. It was that big bastard. <laughs> fucking what Brock? Vince cracking one off under the desk. Oh, that big ears. Great, I love it. Oh, Look at all that size in that ring. Oh, is anyone gonna puke? <laughs> um, I am from my penis. <laughs> Lovely. Um, but I still, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another NXT call, perhaps. Or two. Yeah. Well. I don't think Gargano and Champ are on any of the, the shows they've taped no. in the next few weeks, so who knows? Almas was rumoured to be called up as well. Yeah. So maybe and, we'll see. And, uh, and the Drifter will be coming up yeah, soon. Yeah, Drifter's on his way. <laughs> <laughs> are you aware of this? He, he lost a loser, leaves NXT match. And they do want to bring him up. Can't we just fire him? Apparently not. Has he got a singing career today? <laughs> but, he's, but he's tall, you see. Oh. Not that's all. The Drifter. Yeah. Drifter. Yep. To do what? Any other oh. sorcery? <laughs> no, I feel like I've suitably uh, crushed the dr- the uh, well the aspirations of Kieran. That'll do. Yeah. Don't worry, we've got Jeff Hardy to watch every Monday night, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank uh, you fine gentlemen across the oaken table. We will, of course, be back here at SCG Radio very shortly. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this retrospective of WrestleMania 33 from a live uh, vantage point, as well as Carl's takes uh, from here in England. Uh, so, again, with that said, thank you very much for listening. For Kieran O'Rourke. Uh, i got nothing. Bye. And for Carl Jones. You call that a tan, Kieran? You look like you've slept on a foreman grill. <laughs> <laughs> I am Lee Mo Rock and we are out of here. Talk to you again soon. You look like a fucking foreman grill. <laughs>